uh, the kind of control you're attempting is uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, well, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And we are here for episode 52. Wow. Jurassic Park. That's a whole year's well, worth of weeks it's a whole it's a whole, if you're out there listening to us you've gotten a whole year's worth of weeks wow. in less than a year you've gotten like 10 percent free <laughs> yeah from plus all those extra bonus episodes we're not even <laughs> counting in that no that's true none of the theater skip it's none no. of the round tables none of the clear for takeoffs none Nothing. of that counted oh yeah that's all been free extra, extra. gratis <laughs> Just here, you get a podcast. You get a podcast. Everybody gets a podcast. <laughs> and speaking of everybody who get a podcast, I have the charts for this week. Let's just go through it quickly. Uh, the United States. Ah, uh, good, good. Yeah. Uh, our biggest downloads here sixty uh, something percent like yeah. the last month like a huge thank, thank you, you America. so much yeah. to America. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Donald Trump left. <laughs> our download numbers went Whether, through the roof yeah. <laughs> i don't know if there's a correlation or causation doesn't necessarily is correlation is there causation don't know but we'll find Were out they all downloading the american president i, I maybe uh, maybe be, yeah. maybe it's a celebratory time maybe uh great britain of course hey. doing well here at home uh canada canada yes america's hat yes uh we've got uh sweden uh we've got japan oh uh, top 50 in uh, Switzerland. Cool. Uh, top 40 in Denmark. Wow. Uh, top, oh, what is this? Top 30 in India. And we are number six in Malaysia. Hey, Malaysia's back. I, re- I really enjoy I places lo- around the world. I, I do. And the more obscure, the better. Especially because, you know, it can, it can be easy for what we do to be regionalized. It really could. Yeah. We, we, we had Tom from Podjerky on the other day, and he says, how are you getting, he said to me, how do you get these places all over the world? I'm like, I, I don't know. We have no idea. I have no idea. We just put it out there. <laughs> if you and, make it, they will come. And, and, and the charts keep saying people are down low. Like, like he does really good numbers, but yeah. he's just not charting. Like, I, 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 I don't know. No, we don't. But thank you, everybody. The powers that be. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, promos. So if you're in Malaysia, have a listen to Podjerky. Have a listen to yeah. Podjerky. If you are hearing the sound of our voice in any of these, Podjerky, excellent time yeah. had, we had last week with Tom from Podjerky. Indeed, yeah. Um, and so some promo time, some promo time. We actually recorded an episode with Tom from Podjerky for his podcast. Yes. About misconceptions about British people. Yeah. Which somehow yes. I, I was allowed to participate in. It was, well, you are half British. I think I was, you, were, you were kind of like playing both sides. I was yeah. like a cultural translator for yeah. that episode where I was able to go, well, you guys don't get about Canada this, this, but Tom, well, you don't get over here. It's crazy. You're a hybrid. I am a hybrid. <laughs> 
Um, and so just some really quick promos. We have a see it or skip it on one night in Miami, if it's doing very well. Uh, over on Talking the Mickey, we did Remember the Titans. Oh, great movie. You like that movie, oh, don't I you, love Leland? Movie. Gave, we we all goosebumps. loved that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a football loved film. that film. So, yes. And, as for, it, for, I gave it a higher rating than Rocky. Football film, and mm. we're all here on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. All of us in our jerseys, all of us remembering to bring them. Absolutely. All of us go and there's a group chat. I will pay attention to that. This has been a bad week for group chats because nobody's reading it. <laughs> but we are all sitting here I read in this one. our jerseys. Uh, uh, Liam, you and I are sitting here in our Tom, Tom Brady yeah. Bucks pewter color. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to lose tonight. But no, <laughs> I hope, I hope no, not. No, no, I don't no. want him to. This would be a seventh, wouldn't it? It would be a seventh. Yeah, lucky, so there number, we go. lucky number seven. And Georgia is sitting there in a Kyler Murray jersey. And is that a, is that a Kyler Murray Funko Pop? It is, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it looks like my Tom best McEnroe. friend. I, I have to put a beep in here, but that's Kyler f***ing Murray. <laughs> Kyler f***ing Murray. <laughs> so excellent. Uh, who Georgia had on her team this year was she we did, did the podcast league. And if you're out there and you're like, yeah. what's this podcast? Join us next year. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then Ellie is absolutely wearing her Denver 100%. Broncos chub jersey. Absolutely. Absolutely, she is. She did not forget. Yes, I am. No, she she didn't. did not forget. Isn't it glorious? All I'm going to say is, didn't like Remember the Titans, didn't bother to bring her football jersey. I'm just saying. Just saying. What was that about causation in the fancy football? Correlation? Yeah, yeah, I mean. I came second. Ellie did beat. You came in third. Alex from Main Street Finance came in first. Did I come in fifth? Uh, Yes. Yes! We, we, yes. We, we, we went two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I and we three. didn't give the number one spot because, you know, that would look rigged. So we went two, three, four, five instead. <laughs> Not being funny. I was last all season for, for a long while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some more problems quickly. Uh, we've got after this, we're recording the rom com roundtable, and that yeah. will come out as a special Valentine's Day Sunday release. We don't do Sunday releases, but we will have that come out on Valentine's Day because, well, it's. Valentine's Day. I'm looking forward to it. Makes sense. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I got, I got, I got the numbers right there. I know what the list is. But the conversation is just as important as as the as the the polls. We We had a lot of people joining in this time. A lot, which is good. Which is good. There's a lot of rom coms out there. There's a lot of rom coms. There's a lot of people who joined in this time. Being one of the biggest rom coms out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, uh, let's talk about this, George. If I recall correctly, you got invited back to let's talk about this to talk about. Batman. Now that's like inviting Ellie to talk about football movies. Can you explain this a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so um, we did a podcast on movies and my hatred for Batman happened to pop up. Good can pop, I like it. Um, and they invited me back. I had opened my Twitter one day and I don't have my Twitter notifications turned on and I really should have. Um, but I opened my Twitter and had a message. I was like, oh, cool. That's that's cool. I don't ever get direct messages. And it was the Let's Talk About This Pod guys. And they said can you come back on and have a rant about Batman? And I said, yes, of course. I really would quite enjoy ranting about Batman. And we recorded that this morning, um, 8am this time. So this is my second pod of the day. Uh, The rom-com will be the third pod of the day. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm just triple, triple billing today. Yeah. I might be a bit tired by Hashtag the end. dedication. Well, does it count if I, I know. if I edited Remember the Titans this morning? I go, <laughs> I, go I, wanna, I, guess I, I guess I better get up and edit that podcast because I don't think yeah. Liam's going to do it. Um, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Some of you guys have to start yeah, learning so how to edit. <laughs> but got no. to go back on there and do uh, talk about Batman. We actually came up with a new Batman script okay. um, oh. that 
they wanted your guys's opinion on so oh. yeah well, next sunday oh are you gonna pitch it i'm gonna pitch it oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah okay if that's okay Go yeah they'd, they'd like to know your reactions to it and also a name for the film if you can come up with it right. um so batman sees his parents dies all this sort of thing happens but rather than doing his vigilante justice he uh goes and joins the police force um, because that's what a normal human being would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stops all the petty crime. He's a street cop, so he like stops the stops the like alleyway muggings and he stops the the drug deals and all these sorts of bits and pieces. And anyway, with all his spare time and all his spare money, he starts to design and build a time machine with um, Alfred and with Lucius Fox because they've got money and technology. So why not? Um, and in the process of building this time machine. Bruce Wayne starts to fall in love with Alfred and they become a thing. What? Um, And then they finally get this time machine working and they go back in time and Batman, Bruce Wayne, manages to save his parents and he, like, jumps in front of the bullets. This only works if the bullets only got... The guns only got two bullets, but we're ignoring that. He jumps in front of the bullets and saves his parents and little baby Bruce Wayne is there as well. And it's all happy ever after, but Alfred's still in the time machine and he's like, oh no, my love, Bruce Wayne. And he has to like go on and become the next iteration of Batman because he's so sad because he's just seen his love die. I don't want to a, be ageist. In an alleyway. I don't no. want to be ageist, but you've got Alfred. Yeah, he's like a grandpa. Taking yeah, on we- the cowl. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did age Alfred down a little bit. Um, because oh, okay. if, uh, how can he help? How can he help raise Bruce Wayne if he's like his brother? No, here's the thing. Because he now re- he now helps raise time machine Bruce Wayne, the new Bruce Wayne that was in the alleyway when they came through. But his parents are there. So they don't. They don't the li- yeah. Wait, yeah, but he's, he's still their wait, butler. He's, he's he's raising the boy who he just had a romantic relationship with. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. That's a bit yeah. creepy. I'll be Would honest. you like to try and name this film? The beginning, the beginning <laughs> the sounded man, good. The creep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the beginning sounded good. Being a copper. I mean, I like that. Idea. I had an idea for that. It's like you had you had like four movies worth of stuff in one go here. Yeah. To be fair, we did kind of spin out three or four different plots and then smash them together. So, what, what was you as smoking you can at the time? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, early morning, eight a.m. vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't even fathom to put a name on it. I'd call it Bat in Time. Bat in Time. Because <laughs> we're going Bat, Bat in Time. time. <laughs> I have nothing. There are no there are no words for me. I just do the symbol. That's all it would be. <laughs> You'd be Prince. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there but we yeah, go. So that was one of them. That was one of them. There is another movie plot on the podcast, well, but what, you'll have to listen that's to that. That's good. And if, we love our guy, our friends at Let's Talk About This, but we're going to sort of pivot back to our own sort of yeah, thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's okay. So um, let's go ahead and just, I got to do this one. I mean, it's that time of the podcast. There's a mistake. I think I made. We got a few from last Ooh, week. Have we? we got a few. Uh, one goes to Tom from Pod Jerky. Oh. Ken Shamrock's only 56. Ooh. He's still old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not 60. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. All right. There you go, Tom. You're part of the crew. Yeah. You're one of us now. <laughs> you're not one of us until you've had a mistake pointed <laughs> Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, slight nerd alert, I was told. I don't know who told me this. It might have been Lestat. 
I think okay. it was Lestat. Yeah. Interview with a Vampire is the film of the book of the same name. The Vampire Lestat was book two, and that was Queen of a Dam, was losing the part of a terrible Queen of a Damned film. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't trying to suggest it was literally the Interview with a Vampire film that he was going to watch last time when he was reading the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to suggest that it became that film, just the idea that that's that universe. But uh, but, okay. but uh, factually, I was incorrect, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, thank yeah. you, Lestat. Yeah. And then we missed Paul and Griff's comments on Groundhog Day. And by we, I mean me, and I'm just going to, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. We get a lot of feedback, and sometimes, this one just got by me. And so that's going to happen sometimes, guys. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Not specifically to you guys all the time, but yeah. But thanks, everybody, everybody yeah, who reached out in any way. We, 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 we love engaging people who listen to it. It, it. it makes us kind of go, hey. So, I feel like that's appropriate punishment for the hate on Moulin Rouge, to be honest. <laughs> okay. So let's do <laughs> some shout outs here. Uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Who, oh, um, they've made up. And yep. she's back. <laughs> um, so much Monday contest. Listen to all four Wanda revision episodes. That's over on Talking the Mickey. Wow. After watching all four of the WandaVision actually episodes on Friday. So all four of them on Friday. Friday and then watch listen to all four of us on Monday. Well done. Yeah, well done. Uh, it was fun listening to predictions and takes on things already knowing what's coming up. You spotted some bits I missed too, so now I want to re- rewatch them all. Great episodes, guys. And our fifth episode now will be already dropped, so that'll be good. Yeah. And we got rid of the non football lovers for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we asked Ethan to come by. <laughs> Uh, Dwayne also loved that we released Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day. Wow. Whoever does the Anybody schedules, clever. Clever. <laughs> Uh, my so-called pop cult, my so-called pop culture life podcast. And waking up on Groundhog Day centric podcast on Groundhog Day is better than waking up on Groundhog Day to Sunny and Cher playing on the radio. A must listen now. <laughs> but then got back to me and said, "Y'all are slandering Andy McDowell, who's my low key '90s crush growing up." Lol. I'd recommend Ready or Not. Actually, if you haven't seen it, she's not a major player, but more of an ensemble movie. But she plays this type. Great work, guys. Hey, I stood up for her. Yeah, we had, we had a bit of an argument over this. Oh, did you really? No, you and me. Oh yeah, you did. It's true too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it goes down in the pm said just got done listening to the latest episode of bfe pod that one of my favorite bill murray's movies next to ghostbusters i just love this podcast um movies and books are their jam and you guys have such a great chemistry oh you're too kind you suck <laughs> no you suck <laughs> you suck um and then we have uh ethan never have i screamed sandy from glee so much at my phone <laughs> which i said he would be doing yeah, Is Ethan screaming right now <laughs> Uh, it's a musical podcast. Uh, says uh, loves. Oh, I had a conversation about. Is it, what do you think? Is Endgame better than Infinity War? Or is Infinity War better than Endgame? I like Endgame better. I like Infinity War, but I like the bad guy winning. Yeah, because I like stakes. That's just me. I like stakes too. I, I, I like you do like stakes. I like, I like, I like the yeah. emotional side of it. Yeah. So, yeah. emotional spider spider-man his reaction to the end of infinity war come on yeah that's not like the the iron man no it's totally oh it is oh, oh wow oh it is oh, iron, oh, man, it is. iron man can't stop it from happening he just goes i don't want to go when, oh. when, when 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 it's when it's end game tony's aware of what he's doing oh, spider-man's yeah, just a yeah. scared little kid yeah you're right you're true yeah and iron man he can't save everybody it's his biggest fear and he watches it happen oh, all the yeah. way back to i think it was age of ultron when he starts like hallucinating yeah, yeah. so good uh, oh. Action B-rated, who wants to know where's the notebook in our um, Valentine's poll, which we'll reveal at the end. What really one for them? Oh, yeah. I so nearly chose it. I'm sorry. Uh, we got this. Uh, also mentioned Groundhog Day, a timeless classic. Great job, BFE. Groundhog Day, a timeless classic. Great job, BFE. Groundhog Day, a timeless classic. Great job, BFE. Did I mention Groundhog Day is a timeless classic? Great job, BFE. Did I mention what, what's going on? And I think it's a Groundhog Day reference. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think uh, Lestat, I argue with him about the, he thinks Heath Ledger's the worst Joker. What? I'm like, those are fighting words. Dude, I love you, but. I, I, went, I went, you can want this to be right all you want, don't make it right. No, one sorry. plus one, no matter how much you want it to, does not equal three. <laughs> uh, Heath Ledger is the best. The and nerds, I love the and nerds, but I had to take a small hiatus because they, they do like all like the super deep dive, like um, comic book spoilery kind of things oh, on there okay. in division. Yeah. So I've had to kind of go, oh, small hiatus. Yeah. But they do good stuff. And we talked about Zack Snyder and his family. And finally, we were reached out to and followed on Twitter. Go on. We hit 600 followers this week, too, which is great. Did we? We did. But we were followed and commented on by WWE Hall of Famer Sergeant Slaughter. Wow. How cool is that? Who then proceeded to message me and say, careful what you wish for, you puke, you scum, you slime, you maggot. Now, that might sound bad, but actually, that's like him in character giving (laughs) me what for. It's so good. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that was crazy. I just went to the defense of, of, of forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I just saw Sergeant Slaughter with a check mark. So you know it's legit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. liked and commented and retweeted. I'm like, whoa! Oh so, and now he follows us, doesn't he? Yeah. So thanks, Sarge. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So let's go ahead. We'll jump right into. We have a guest, so let's let that guest in, shall we? And we are joined now by Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hello. Hi. So, this has been in the calendar for a long time. I have no idea why this got put in the calendar. But it's been sitting there forever. You're the one who makes this calendar. I know. I don't know why I put it there. You know, this is a- I thought Debbie must have requested it, but it turns out, no. For me, Ellie and Georgia, <laughs> that's always a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I've had this. I don't know why this is here, but I assumed. Good choice. Though. I assumed right. It was a good choice. It was mm-hmm. the right time to do it. Yeah, it was a good yeah. time to go 52 episodes mm-hmm. before you go for this one. I mean, there's some heavyweights. And some more heavyweights to come. Just some more heavyweights. There's lots we haven't. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) One year, we're done. (laughs) Who's seen Jurassic Park? I'm assuming we've all seen Jurassic Park in some capacity. Am I wrong? Well, I thought you are wrong. I'd not seen it before today. Well, let's go around the table then. Liam? I thought I'd seen it, but there's a lot I've missed. It was 93. And and like you said, that was probably over like 20 years ago since I've seen it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Ellie? I've never seen it before. Wow. At least it's not a Schindler's. At least one of us probably seen it before. <laughs> yeah. Georgia? Mm-hmm. I'd seen most of it before. Okay. So like when it's on the TV at, like, at Christmas or whatever, I'd seen most of the different parts of it, but I'd never sat and watched it all the way through. Okay, Debbie? I'm kind of the same as Georgia. I've never sat down and watched it all the way through until today, but you like you recognize the iconic shots i know what the jeep looks like yeah yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah. Things, the memes and things like the, that they've, the they've been copied been in my and, life. they've been pastiched and parodied a oh, bunch so much. this was the last film i remember um people going to the cinema in droves oh, mean, the last like, event film yeah the last oh, certainly avengers endgame well, I don't remember seeing cues like I saw for Jurassic Park. Well, cues I mean, are—it's it's it's a different society, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. because you, I would say Matrix. Because the difference is, you can now buy your tickets in advance and on your phone and all these things. You don't have to actually physically queue up anymore. Well, I can remember them coming out of the Majestic, queuing round town, yeah. by Argos and further down. Yeah, crazy. But now you can sort of do it on your phone and just get your ticket. Yeah, you don't have to get there early because first come, first serve. True. Yeah. 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 Like concerts. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do that stuff anymore. Ninety nine. Matrix was 99. Um, it was, yeah. No, because I went to see, I remember Matrix 2 um, in the Majestic on opening night. We were sat, there were people sat on the stairs. It was that full. Wow. Um, Total fire hazard now. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do it now. No, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't happen now. Um, <laughs> so, some context on this film here, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. So, we hadn't done Spielberg for like ever. And, then, and like two of the last three have been yeah, Spielberg. That's crazy. Because he had Catch Me If You Can. 
yeah. his second appearance, but this was the cinematography of this, and well done. Oh, yeah. The cinematography in this is, is, is absolutely top notch. By Dean mm-hmm. Cundy, and this is his third appearance, I was surprised. Really? His third. He did Apollo 13. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. back in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a cinematographer all the way back in episode one. Really? Back, back to, to the future. future. <laughs> wow. Which is, yeah. It's, it's got some iconic it. shots yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, music, of course, by... John Williams. John Williams. And this is his fourth appearance on the pod. He's going to be making a lot of appearances. Him and Hans Zimmer. Yeah, that one's not a surprise. Because Him and Zims. He's been nominated for how many Oscars? That oh, guy? Yeah. At least, oh, we looked at, at least two. A couple of weeks ago. At yeah. least yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I think he'll make it. Yeah. I, think, I, I think he's going to make a career of this. I think he can afford to go full time on the music do, thing do now. Do you think so? I think so. Okay. <laughs> he can stop substitute teaching. <laughs> and a little part-time job in Tesco. That's right. So he had done Star Wars, Home Alone, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. And so actually, we've quite ramped up, though, if you think that he was only on one until Christmas for us. Yeah. So, uh, Jurassic Park, 1993, science fiction adventure, giant monster film. Yeah, but yeah. Directed by Steven Spielberg and produced by Kathleen Kennedy, who I believe is now one of the people in charge of Star Wars over at Disney. I believe that's Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy appears a lot in a lot of movies. She, she's, she's, her, she's a good executive producer. She yeah, knows how to yeah, sort of like line things up. Yeah. I see her name quite a lot. I'm one of these sad people that watch the, watch the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Crichton, who wrote the book, uh, originally conceived a screenplay about a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. He continued to wrestle with his fascination with dinosaurs and cloning until he began writing the novel Jurassic Park catchy title Mm -hmm. before its publication spielberg learned about the novel in october 89 while he was trying to make a screenplay that would eventually become the tv series er oh so michael crichton gives us jurassic park and er wow the 90s were pretty good to him (laughs) Um, and so spielberg was fascinated about how it might look if you could bring back dinosaurs alongside modern mankind so not just a simple monster movie but like a legit kind of how do you have these two sort of groups in the same space if you will yeah before the book's even published, before the book is even published, he sells the film rights for $1.5 million and he gets a percentage of the gross. Wow. That's Before nice. anyone's even read it. Oh, man, I'd have signed on the dot line. <laughs> so a bunch of studios wanted to yeah. go for it. Warner Brothers wanted Tim Burton to make it. Ooh. So they bid that'd for been, it. That would have been dark, wouldn't it? Uh, Columbia Pictures with Richard Donner, who I don't know so well. He did. Richard Donner did Lethal Weapon. He did Lethal. Oh, is he Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Okay. That's Richard Donner. That's Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he also do. Um, oh, what's the Harrison Ford one about? Um, 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 oh, they just did a remake with Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. Bubbles? No, no, no. 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 Uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner. Did he do that? I don't know. Okay. To be honest with you. Uh, and then uh, 20th Century Fox and some guy named Joe Dante, but also uh, eventually, of course, it goes to Spielberg. Someone who I don't know if he just overslept, who just missed it by hours, apparently, before he could bid, James Cameron. Wow. Oh, God. So upon seeing this, oh, he said, a James Cameron version. he said Spielberg did a better job because he would have gone violent. Yeah, <laughs> like you would have seen some truly like visceral, like people getting shredded, and that would have been children friendly. Not just like one random arm that comes <laughs> yeah, out at one no. point. Like you would see people being like, yeah. "Oh, it would not have been good." Oh, but could you imagine an adult Jurassic Park yeah. version? He said it wouldn't have been fair to children. No. Um, so, uh, and there is a kind of a loop here because they say that sort of Jurassic Park owes a little bit to Terminator Two. 
Oh, okay. As far as the graphical yeah, yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of things. So the story was after completing Hook, Spielberg wanted to go right on to film Schindler's List. But um, Universal Pictures' parent company, but the president went, no, 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 you're going to do Jurassic Park first, but then I'll let you make Schindler's List. Oh, okay. So he kind of does this as like, a, well, I'll get so, this one out of the way, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I'll yeah. do the one I really want to do. And it becomes a big hit. Worked out okay for me. Yeah. Uh, they then paid Michael Crichton another half million to adapt his own novel for the screenplay. And they did a couple of rewrites. And in one, and thank God this didn't happen, in one of them, they tried to combine the characters of Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant into one guy. Oh, no, that's two different people. Which they, they're literally two different, like, they, yeah, they couldn't yeah. be like more different in many That'd ways. That would bipolar, wouldn't it? I have no, well, he's already kind of all well, over the place, is, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and so, as Spielberg said, he wanted to make a sequel to Jaws on land. And he was inspired by old monster movies, especially Godzilla. To be fair, you can see that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it's set on the fictional island of Isla Nublar, set off Central America's Pacific coast near Costa Rica. And there, wealthy businessman John Hammond and a team of genetic scientists have created a wildlife park of de-extinct dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, when industrial sabotage leads to a shutdown of the park, um, a small group of visitors uh, and Hammond's grandchildren are held hostage by the dinosaurs, it, I guess metaphorically speaking, and they need to be try and survive and escape this perilous island. Um, and so they filmed it from um, August to November of 1992. Wow. And the dinosaurs, not, not no. really. Uh, a lot of pre-production, a lot of post-production, yeah, a lot imagine. of editing yeah, in the dinosaurs imagine, yeah. and things like that. Uh, the dinosaurs were made with uh, CGI from Industrial Light and Magic and um, with life-size animatronic dinosaurs built by a guy named Stan Winston, who was the guy for that sort of life-size, life-sized yeah. sort of fancy stuff. Would he have gone on to do like um, Harry Potter then? Who, Stan Winston? Yeah. I have no idea about Stan Winston Square outside of this. No, me either. Uh, and then finally, this was the first film ever made with something called DTS, which is a uh, audio surround sound format, which is greater than Dolby at the time was. And Spielberg helps create this technology. Is this so you can get to hear the, the bangs on the floor to imitate the sound of the the dinosaurs. Came. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go to the cinema and it goes you know, all around and you're like, you. Yeah, and you're like, oh, where's that coming from? Yeah, it's kind of that idea. So to so, give yourself an idea of danger coming from specific locations. Yeah, yeah. So um, they went to 25 months of pre-production and they had the release strategy planned 15 months before the studio had a chance to see a frame in the movie. And that's Kathleen Kennedy. It's that sort of stuff, right? That corporate yeah. sort of thing. And the logo and promotional image was in place before the filming began. And can I just say to the group, the logo's great. Like, is there a... Is there, is there a better logo in film than Jurassic Park? No. That's yes. pretty good. That's very iconic. Uh, so Even the colors. Iconic. I can't I can't really Hey, <laughs> Georgia has a Funko Pop, you had a Fun Can Pop. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes very it good, sometimes just come to you. Um like seriously, I don't know if there's a better if there's a better logo. Maybe the maybe like Disney's overall di- yeah. like l- company maybe not even that. Like it's so good. It's very iconic. Oh, very. Sometimes they just come together just, just to the right time, don't yeah. they? So let's go ahead and start the film, shall we? So in the intro, we uh, meet, you know, that guy. <laughs> He's, you know, basically we're trying to deliver some raptors, we find out, but they don't let us see anything at the start, which is brilliant. We just see them coming on, and they're being loaded into these pens, and it's going badly, and we get this. He sounded Australian anyway. He did sound Australian. This is, what was his character's name? I have it written down in my notes later on, but I don't remember it now. 
Oh. Muldoon, Muldoon, yes, and he yeah. goes, he goes, shoot her, shoot her. And we're like, this is not going well. Apparently, if you look somewhere around here, there's a guy with a beard, and it's Steven Spielberg in that opening shot. Oh, really? He's on that oh, shot. I saw a guy with a beard. I did not, and I did not even think that was him. I did not know. I thought he was someone else, but it wasn't that other guy. So yeah, because that guy's being dragged into the thing, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if it's that guy. He's just there. No, no, no. He's oh, not yeah. the guy being dragged. But yeah, but it's that part. Yeah, but yeah, that's around there. Yeah. So um, then we go, and there's there's an amber mine, and the family of the guy who got eaten is suing for twenty million. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is this really the location to have this meeting? Mm. Like, sure. Like today, you could do Zoom, thankfully, but this poor guy's got to like go and he falls over in the first five seconds and like gets his suit like filthy. That looked genuine, like he fell over. He might have. <laughs> just keep it, just keep it in, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, it feels like there's going to be oh, so there's going to be an inspection. We thought Hammond does not like inspections, and as a teacher who has to hear the Ofsted warning occasionally, I'm right with you. <laughs> I don't like inspections either because people just act differently when you're being inspected. They do. Yep. Um, and then um, we find out though, if two experts sign off on the island, then the insurance company will back off. And I'm still thinking it's like Ofsted. If you can get them to sign off, you're okay. You can continue on doing what you're doing. And we get name dropped. It'll be Ian Malcolm, and we're hoping to get Alan Grant. And um, they find out, what about Alan? Oh, he's not going to like it because he's like me. He's a digger. And then we find this, like, amber-encrusted mosquito. Yep. Which, like, in, like, two scenes will be, like, at the top of, like, John Hammond's cane. Yeah. So I don't know how they, or do they have like multiples of these? I don't know. <laughs> well, they, mu- they, they must, must have, have multiples. multiples. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's how the whole thing starts. The, yeah. 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 And how many different, like, did they just get lucky with how, we'll talk about it when we get there, but did they just get lucky with how many different dinosaurs? Like, it must be, it must be like, you know, when you have like those cans years ago where they had the wrappers taken yeah. off and it's like lucky dip, isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a di- I used to be really into dinosaurs <laughs> as a kid. But like, you know, yeah, like, which one did it's like opening back baseball cards? Yeah, which yeah. one did you get? Like, these are not all from the same time period. There's, there's like tens of millions of years. We are closer to, I think, the T-Rex than the T-Rex was to the Stegosaurus or something like that. Yeah, like, like these, the, these three the eras period, are like massively yeah, apart. They're not, they were literally the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. Like, because as the as our world moves and spins, we move slightly as well. They were literally the other side of the galaxy. I believe That's the T-Rex is from the Cretaceous period, I think. So it doesn't yeah, like it doesn't so. it doesn't make sense to have the T Rex on the logo, even though it's the best logo in movie history. We've decided, yeah. but it just doesn't line up. And so, um, oh, so let me meet Adam uh, Alan Grant, played by New Zealand's own Sam Neill, and that was for Ethan, wherever he is right now. Yeah, he's he's screaming now. He is screaming. He's like <laughs> one of us because he's like half oh, no, British but- and half New Zealand, kind of like I'm half Canadian. And half yeah, Canadian. you're both hybrids. We, we are, we are, but. Um, I don't know Sam Neill really from anything else. To me, he's always Alan Grant. He was in a film with Nicole Kidman, I think, called Dead Calm. Okay. I'm pretty sure he played the husband. Okay. Uh, that was one of the... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was he uh, good? I, don't, I, 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 well, I, I can't get a range on if Sam Neill's good in this. I, I quite like him, to be fair. To be honest with you, I'm not really big on the acting in this film overall. No. I, well, I, nor do I think does Steven Spielberg care that much about the acting in this film no, overall. But I'd say that about Richard Attenborough, to be fair. Okay, well, we'll talk about him when yeah. we meet him. I don't know. Anybody else got a feeling on Sam Neill? Which one's he? Please? He's the main guy. He's the guy who's like the guy saves with the, the kids. red handkerchief around his neck. He's the guy I'm who's quite- wearing that ugly denim shirt the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I quite liked him, but I think that's because I think he gets on quite well with the kids, and that was quite nice to well, see. Well, that was his plot, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he doesn't yeah. like kids. Do I don't he? like kids. Now, um, I, now at the end, he's got the kids in each arm. Yeah. Discount Indiana I Jones. That, that was, I that was sweet. 
Right. Debbie, any thoughts? Yeah. And also, he's in Thor Ragnarok. Is he? He must be one of the characters, like, you know, done some voice work, yeah? Or is he Korg? Or a counselor. He's not Korg. Korg is the director. Korg's is Taika Waititi. Yeah. What's the other one? Korg's little buddy, the little slime know. buddy. Uh, Debbie, any thoughts on Sam Neill? I, I liked his arc, I have to say, but I liked him at the beginning because he's obviously one of those guys who's not bothered about kids and he really wants to put off that annoying kid who's on the site. <laughs> yeah. He tells the story about how the velociraptor kills you with the claw and I'm like, that's how you put a child down. You freak them out. They're well, <laughs> Sam Neill was not the first choice. Was he not? He was not. You know me, I like to dig into the, into the, do, the casting. Yeah, yeah. William Hurt turned it down, never read the script. Wow. I'm Steven, I don't care how outlandish, because it just had to feel outlandish. Yeah. Giant dinosaurs. You're like, right. This is going to look so stupid. Yeah. Because no, <laughs> this, this, Jurassic Park is such an important film. Do you think William was hurt by this financially? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but doesn't even read the script. If Spielberg gives me anything, I'm reading it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another guy, and I said discount Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford turned this part down. Really? It does feel a little bit close, though, doesn't it? It does feel very close. It feels I, very close. You know what? That, I like the fact that they went with a not an unknown actor, but like a, a in the middle kind of actor, is there rather some, than a big star actor. Like we'll get there, but is there supposed to be a love triangle in this film? It, but the, they kind of is show he that. supposed to? Is he in a relationship with her? Well, I assume they, they were. hug. Yeah. But it's yeah. Loose. They hug. It's are very, they? Yeah. Are they? Are they romantically involved, or are they just like professionals with a will they won't they kind of dynamic? Well, I assume they were together, and then when um, Jeff Goldblum starts, it's like he just lays down his sword as soon yeah, as Goldblum yeah, yeah. shows up. <laughs> Weird. Um, like, like Harrison Ford would have been fun in that love track. Harrison Ford versus Goldblum. You're like, okay, now you, now you can have some looks. Yeah. Sam Neill was going. Oh well. Sexy gold plums here. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my denim shirt are going to go hang out with the kids. <laughs> oh, man, I, later. <laughs> I, I wore that denim shirt for the whole of the 90s. Did <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Sam Neill said it all happened real quick. Uh, I hadn't read the book, knew nothing about it, hadn't heard about it. In a matter of weeks, though, I was working with Spielberg. And uh, Harrison Ford does say after seeing the movie, I made the right call not being in it, which props to him. Yeah, yeah, It could have been yeah, easy. Yeah. I mean, how many of the biggest films of all time has Harrison Ford been in? You've got all three Indiana Joneses. Well, the fourth one. But I don't want to count that. Yeah, Star Wars. you got three of those. you got the, the, the three original Star Wars plus yeah. any cameos he may have appeared in in other ones. Uh, then you've got Air Force One, which was huge. Yeah. So at one point, he was in seven of the top ten grossing films of all time. The Fugitive, he was in that. He was in The Fugitive. That was a big thing at the so, time. So, like, you know, like, he's a bankable... Like, you know, this could have yeah. wow. But I guess he's got what does he need? He's got a he's got a bed of money. Thing is that would have been a Harrison Ford movie, not just a Jurassic Park movie. You're because the star power's not great in this. No. Not but at the I, time. I, not I, at the time. I like the fact it's not though. No, it's good. It's good. Like, you get you to know, imprint on these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I gotta say, um, He's an expert, obviously, at what he does. He's telling them all. Everyone's laughing at him. And I thought, oh, maybe he's in front of a bunch of like regular people. Sorry, a bunch of his like colleagues. And then they like and then a kid shows up. She's like, okay, is he like a glorified tour guide? Like, why are you laughing at the... Yeah. They, they even flew. Ha, 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 ha. Like, sorry, do you... Like, this is before Wikipedia. Like, how do you... Do you happen to know more than he does? The weird thing why is... Why is this child here? Mm, doesn't make well, I guess this is one of the... He just walks up out of nowhere. That doesn't look very scary. The weird thing is, they've now discovered the that dinosaurs had feathers, didn't they? Now I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he's not far wrong, is he? No. 
I do believe, I, do, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes, but wasn't there a load of like scientific discovery about dinosaurs made because of the accuracies in this film? Mm, I'm getting to something. It's not because of, it just happens to okay. be a happy coincidence. Right. Okay. I've got a fact. I'm sure yeah. I had, yeah, okay, cool. Um, more like a six foot turkey. And yeah, I hate, <laughs> I hate this kid. Yeah, I do. Because he's just that '90s precocious kid. Although his his acting when when Grant's telling him what it would do to him was pretty good. good. I like yeah. that, but I hate his line delivery. Yeah. Uh, but he goes, try and show a little respect, okay? He goes, okay. <laughs> but we learn that Velociraptors are pack hunters, which is important because this sets up the movie for us, mm-hmm. and really makes the Raptors the big villain. It does. And so uh, one of the changes from the book to the film is Grant's relationship with children, making him more hostile originally to show the arc that Debbie likes so much in it. I'm kind of indifferent to it. Great. I like it. Great. He likes kids now. Like for me, it's not about him liking kids. It's, can you get out of the park? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like but that. If he was selfish, he could have just left them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we meet. Him in the car and-, and then we meet. And there's not a lot of characters named this in films. Ellie Statler. Ellie Sattler. Sattler. Ellie Sattler played by Laura Dern. I like Laura Dern. And her job is to... We're doing pretty good on the matching names. We are on this one. Particular episode. Um, Her job is to explain who Alan Grant is to the audience. (laughs) Oh, you don't like kids. You'll get to know them. I'm like, do you have any agency besides just explaining Alan? It's to explain the story plot that goes along. And that's really all I have on Laura Dern. I didn't even have anybody else who really... I think I've got a little bit maybe of someone who went out for it, but not much. Oh, okay. She's a paleobotanist. She's into plants. Yes. She's into I them pick Jurassic up. plants. Yeah. Because she picks up that um, plant thing. That's- yeah, and she's like, this hasn't been around forever. Yeah. And like misses the literal big picture. Yeah. <laughs> and then a helicopter lands, and they're freaking out, because to be fair, like ruining his dig. Yeah. And they just point. I don't know how Hammond got off this helicopter so quickly and into his area, but Hammond's <laughs> in his fridge and popping the champagne, and if that was in my house, like you are dead if you if you go into my fridge and just start like drinking my stuff. But um, especially is, when it's the champagne you've been saving. Yeah, he goes. Oh, today's the day, and we meet John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, mm-hmm. who I don't know anything about. Again, this is my introduction to him, and I don't really know. I just know him as David Attenborough's brother. Oh, he's been in movies for years. Um, uh, Great Escape, yeah, yeah, he's in the Great Escape. He he's been a lot of. He's he's a renowned actor throughout like the forties, fifties. He's also a big director. He is. Somebody else said something about that. He won the Best Director Oscar in 1983 for Gandhi. Yes. One of the one of the also rans who won't amount to much. Who he beat was a little guy called Steven Spielberg <laughs> for his film called E.T. E.T. So yeah, so Attenborough beats him, and then 11 years later, he's being he's yeah. being directed by him in Jurassic Park. It's kind of a cool story. Yeah, that is that's a yeah. good story. I've never seen Gandhi. Oh, I've never seen. I've seen E.T. I like E.T. E.T. just seems more... At the age I was at, E.T. was... Well, yeah, I don't think yeah. I saw it at three. I think I saw it, like, years later. But, you know, that's the kind of thing when you're seven, eight, nine. It's like, let's watch E.T., not let's watch Gandhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to see it, though. Ben Kingsley's apparently very good in it. Yeah, um, I think this is going to be one of these ones for the podcast. Gandhi? Yeah. At some point, yeah. Because I think that should rate high, should for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, one best picture. But best director, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if one best picture. I'll check on that. Okay. But he's got a pretty good Scottish accent. 
I thought. At the start. At the start. I wrote this note at the start of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was, the more yeah. upset he gets about his park, the more it starts to kind of waver. Can I just ask why? Why don't they just keep his own accent? Well, funny you mentioned that. Yeah. The first person to be offered this role was Sir Sean Connery. So in an alternate universe, in an alternate universe, we could have had Harrison Ford as Dr. Grant and Sean Connery as Hammond. Oh, that would have been the Last Crusade, wouldn't it? That would, that would have been so well. It was based off Last Crusade. They wanted yeah. him to play it. They said, be that guy. Just kind of be a little bit less crotchy, a little bit more like, you know, mm, because yeah, apparently yeah. the character of Hammond, John Hammond, is based on an older crotchety, um, it wasn't crotchety, but an older Walt Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. That level of obsession. I that's can see that, that. that's I, that's I can the inspiration. That. Yeah, yeah. And if you want more about old crotchety Walt Disney, check out our sister podcast, Talking <laughs> the Mickey. That's Talking the Mickey. Where next week we're doing Wally. Wally. Oh, that's next week, is it? Yes, that, that's hundred percent in stone. <laughs> Read the group chat. <laughs> um and so I've got here Michael Crichton intended dark John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney. And while they're filming, there's something called um Hurricane Iniki, which hits. Mm. and the cast and crew were all required to move into the ballroom in the hotel which they were staying but Attenborough stayed in his hotel room and slept through the entire event when asked how he could have done this he replied my dear boy I survived the blitz (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say Uh, and it went to him because um, it's the idea of it you know he went from being a ruthless businessman from the novel to a kindly old man who's got kind of a you know sort of showmanship quality to him yeah and that's more where spielberg went with it so Crichton went that dark walt disney in this it's more like a showman and if i taken a if i taken a drink for every time he said spared no expense in this film yeah i know right? oh my word yeah (laughs) i forget what that was the other day where it was the same thing got said over and over again but this is right up there with it Mm. Uh, and so he talks them into joining them by funding their dig for three more years. And we go to Costa Rica and we meet Wayne Knight, also known as Newman, also from, you knew him from Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know from Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, when they actually shot this or, or put this in, in Costa Rica, they had to scratch out the part that said San Jose, Costa Rica, because apparently like what's around looks nothing like San Jose, Costa Rica, and the uh-huh. locals were not, were not feeling it. Oh really? So they had to cross out the Chiron and just like just anywhere else. <laughs> That's funny. But this is where we find out that he's the bad guy. He's yeah. the guy who's been corrupted, and there's this other group who wants what he's what what, what they're selling. So they give him this Barbasol can that you can like quite a clever little device, quite clever device. It yeah. even works. You can get shaving cream yeah. out, but it's going to smuggle embryos out to the competition. And that's the deal. He needs, and you get the idea. He goes, "Don't cheap out." He even makes the guy pay pay for lunch, and he goes, "Don't cheap out." That was Hammond's mistake. And we go, "Okay, here's here's our villain." Mm. And so uh, then we get to the chopper. Get to the chopper, and we meet Ian Malcolm. And as a kid, let me tell you, there are no Ians in American films. So I loved this, <laughs> especially because. It's weird. He seems such a nerd to me in general, but man, is Jeff Goldblum a rock star in this. This is probably the most oh, rock star so he is in any film. <sighs> yeah. Debbie, something? Oh, that's just, it was absolutely, I was like, what is he actually supposed to be? A mathematician or something? Yeah. No, he just literally looks mm-hmm. like a rock star. The hair, the jewelry, the leather pants it just reminded me of Ross from Friends when he had the leather pants episode. Except this guy pulls, this guy pulls him off. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's <laughs> slick. Yeah. Um, and so we get told that he's... Oh, sorry, has someone had their hand up? Georgia. Okay, Georgia? No, sorry. I was just to say, I don't think I've ever watched a film with a character called Georgia in. Never, ever. Never? 
Never. I've seen a TV show with one. Yeah. Alan McBeal had a Georgia in it. Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever seen a film. Wow. And both two of you are in this one. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So an excessive amount of personality, we were told that Dr. Uh, Ian Malcolm has. Uh, and has so Janet Hershenson, the film's casting director, thought that he would be the right choice to play Ian Malcolm right after reading the novel. Whether he was interested or not, went Jeff Goldblum. That's who should play that. But Jeff Goldblum's got this thing about him where he can carry on talking to himself but still be engaging. Yeah, and he's, he's not he's not a yelly. Like a no. lot of guys could have done yelling versions of these lines, and he doesn't do it. It's almost no. like, a, like a nervous tick. Yeah. Uh, but it's really, it's really only Jeff Goldblum can, can, can do this. Yeah, yeah. You are not going to believe who else was in the running for this. And I don't mean like, tr- I mean like legitimately like a number two choice. Christopher Walken? Canada's own Jim Carrey. Really? Auditioned for no. the role and was terrific too, but I think pretty quickly we all loved the idea of Jeff as a direct quote from the casting director. Thank God for that. To be fair though, 1993. I can see it. No. I don't no, want to over acts everything. Yeah, but you don't know if he'd have done that because we, we haven't really had an introduction to him yet. As Jim Carrey it's, it's, that we know, it's, it's, it's before all the stuff. You're right. Yeah. It's before all. Maybe he would have been a character actor. You know, maybe you know he gets big on Ace Ventura and he just turned into that guy for a decade. Yeah. Maybe if he doesn't and he gets a straight part like this, because when he does straight parts, he's not. He's very good. He, yeah, Eternal Sunshine is very good. Truman Show is very good. So you know, it's possible. I hate the tr- yeah. Truman Show. Um, I really like <laughs> oh, it. I, I like Truman it too. Show. Upon learning he'd been cast as Malcolm, Goldblum went out and bought all the clothes his character would wear because he's described in the book as wearing black coming from dallas and has a typical chaos and like a typical chaos theorist he behaves like a rock star hence the leather jacket sunglasses and jewelry i didn't notice any jewelry no i didn't notice much jewelry i noticed a big bare chest a couple times but i didn't notice any jewelry i didn't see any medallion there no. <laughs> and so goldblum meets dern in this one as ian meets ellie in a sense uh, while discussing chaos theory, Ian Malcolm shamelessly flirts with Ellie Sattler. He plays with the hair. After meeting on this movie, the two of them began a romantic relationship and were engaged for two years before breaking up. <laughs> wow. Showman. Oh, apparently, Jeff Goldblum is famous for striking up relationships with co-stars. <laughs> so anybody who's interested in Jeff Goldblum, just get to Hollywood and make yourself an actress. Yeah. There's your answer. Sounds good to there me. Go, and Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I've just realized I have seen a film with a Georgia in it, and that is Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. The lead in yes. that is called Georgia. It's a British movie, does it count? Uh, no, probably not. not real. It's, a, it's a teen <laughs> flick. It's a teen flick. Well, teen flicks but apparently are, are influential, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the first piece of the iconic score in the music by John Williams. You do. And I can't think of what it goes like. It's not that. It's not that. It's the other one. Yeah. Um, it's funny because oh, I can't think of it. You can always hum along to it, can't you? It's the opening bit. No, it's not that. It wasn't that. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, it was something different. No, it was a different piece of. There's two major okay. pieces, but, but this is the second major piece. But we know it because when you, we're humming along to it, when we what is he? I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. But it They're wasn't part of the same theme. It's the very clever one. That theme yeah. has two major sets to it. Yeah, and there's yeah. something else, and it's yeah. a bit more yeah. fast paced. It's really nice. It I wish I remembered nice. it now. But we got a first, and there's a lot of sort of beautiful shots of the island, and we get some seatbelt ingenuity <laughs> but then we go to the jeep and it's that iconic jeep that jurassic park jeep look that has the well it has the logo on the side and it's got the you know people are still they've, they've even brought this jeep back in jurassic world it's so iconic well um there are people out there that actually make they they buy up all these jeeps of that kind and make them into jurassic park jeeps 
Apparently they're hard to get If hold I had of enough now. money where it could be my secondary vehicle, I would. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I like the first I Jeep. Probably, you know what? I teach film studies. I could show up to work on that. Yeah. I, I, could. I, I, I like the first Jeep more than I do the second vehicle. It, it does get rid of the part where I don't want the students to know which car is mine. <laughs> <laughs> that one stands out a like bit. I like the idea of like rocking up to the supermarket in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and go, so, go to pets at home. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you could just have Pip for the summer again, and Pip would, like give him a like a tail and like a, a dinosaur head costume to just wear. Stick his head out the, the, out the, the side of the car. <laughs> 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 Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Absolutely, you couldn't have that in the weather we've got today. Not to oh, today was rough. <laughs> it is rough. Uh, we get our first look at a brontosaurus, and we get their reactions to this is the iconic. And we we see Sam Neill's reaction, then we see. Laura Dern's reaction and they purposely and they've done it for this long not shown us a dinosaur yeah. and then they do and it looks it's quite majestic I think first time it's 1993 and yeah it doesn't look as clean as say like Avengers Endgame sort no, of stuff no 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 but it looks a lot better than a lot of what still comes out yes it yeah does. it's really good it does. And, and even when you look at the Warhol bit and they're um, drinking and stuff yeah you know you can see clearly that's not great yeah. great but, but it's good for its time. Yeah, amazing. So Spielberg. This was the first point in the film that I actually started welling up. Oh, really? Because the anticipation, the whole helicopter ride, all of that music, building to that moment when he does that iconic moment of he steps up in the jeep and he takes his glasses off, and you see the dinosaurs, see, and I was just like, "See, we talk." It just welled me up. We talk a lot about wishing you could go back and see a movie for the first time, yeah. and there's certain movies I'm like, I wish, and almost always it's based around story. Yeah. I would love to go back to 93 and not know anything else about CGI and just see this and watch it, yeah. on a big screen. Because I didn't see this on a big screen. I didn't either. I got it on a VHS and I held on to it forever because everybody made such a big deal about it. And I went, usually when that happens, it's not that good. Yeah. And so I was trying to lower my expectations, even at the age of 14, 15 or whatever it was, because I got it for Christmas. And... uh I don't remember if I was blown. I remember going, yeah, it's all right. But looking back, I wish... Even more so, I'd like to go back as an adult, though, Ooh, and have that adult cynicism. Because yeah. when you're a kid, you're like, everything's... Because some of the movies we liked as kids, they look terrible. Yeah. But when you're a kid, um, the imagination sort of overpowers that. And also watching it as an adult. But as an adult... what it's like as a kid. As an adult going, how did, how did they do this? Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. What you need to do, Ian, is borrow Batman's time machine and just pop back... <laughs> I'm not sure if I can break Alfred's heart like that. Uh, <laughs> He's not in love with you. He's in love with Batman. It's well, fine. Oh, okay. Um, so in order to make these dinosaurs, Spielberg sought the best effects supervisors in Hollywood, as you would imagine. Of course. I think. He brought in Stan Winston to create the animatronic dinosaurs and Phil Tippett, whose job was, t- talk about this for a great job title, dinosaur supervisor. Dinosaur <laughs> supervisor. Yeah, if you watch the credits, it comes yeah. up as dinosaur supervisor. It's so cool. To create go motion dinosaurs for long shots. And uh, they, uh, but Stan Winston's department created full detailed models of dinosaurs before molding latex skins onto them, which were then put over complex robotics. So not everything you see is CGI. There no, is a mix of practical cool. effects like puppetry. There's also some animatronics and then you've got the CGI, and that's why it works because they choose the right thing at the right time. Absolutely. I believe Absolutely. when it was still open, the dinosaur park that's near us, it's, it's rebranded and renamed now, but I'm sure in one of their showrooms they had a T Rex foot from this film. Okay. Like it was only the foot, but it was 
and it was like the latex outer not the not with all the animatronic or anything still in it but it was like three meters across at its base and like two meters tall because it was only like the ankle and there's this big like reddish greenish like massive foot and it was incredible it might not have been a t-rex it might have been one of the others but yeah it was it was so cool to see that up, up close and personal cool. whether it was an authentic prop or not i don't know but it was very very cool to see that that in scale maybe we need a trip to the dinosaur park maybe <laughs> but i'll tell you what they had a dinosaur expert on this as you think you would they had a real life paleontologist supervising all these designs and he even like ross geller put his foot down on some situations <laughs> was it, i was just gonna say was it ross from friends was and then ross maybe he lent the leather trousers, trousers. Is that right? <laughs> maybe that's where he got the idea because actually ross doesn't wear them until later in the series <laughs> yeah um, so, for instance, one of the things was like the removing of raptors flicking their tongues in the early animatics because the, the Horner, the paleontologist, said wouldn't happen. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be the case. Get yeah, rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes Spielberg listened and sometimes he didn't, depending on how invested he was in that shot and the idea he had. Okay. And then John Hammond, Richard Attenborough says, welcome to Jurassic, to Jurassic Park. His <laughs> what, fate- what did we go, what did we go like... Um- uh, Captain Jack Sparrow then. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, homie. Sure yeah. home. um, and I mentioned Jack Sparrow later. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's his favourite line in the film. You can see why. I, th- I think if it was me, it'd be my favourite line would. of the film too, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so this dramatic. is when we get the full... Debbie, do you have any information on the score or anything like that here? some bobs. I mean... John Williams, one of his, the guys he used to look up to so much was Bernard Herrmann. Um, so Psycho and things like that. And um, he just, uh, he was iconic. He listened to, to music from when he was very young. His dad was a drummer for orchestral, um, uh, studio orchestras and jazz groups. So there's a lot of influence there, even to the point quite early in his career, he was directing, I'm um, sorry, conducting his father in some of his orchestras. Wow. So yeah it's really really interesting but um yeah this was um as you mentioned at the beginning this was uh, pretty much run almost in parallel with schindler's list so two of the most <laughs> opposite films possible um does williams do that as well scores, so. yeah oh wow wow yeah yeah, yeah. See, what body of work <laughs> literally he like put out a score every 14 months or something yeah. like that. He must score every year. Well, he sco- it, took, it only took him a month. To, it only took him a month to score this, and then they recorded it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there were tweaks, but still, it's amazing. All this in a, in a month? Quite, yeah. Yeah. The the power of the man. I mean, the, the variations of stuff he's done, from Jaws, from documentaries, to Star Wars, he's done. and He's just never, ever stopped. I'd be interested. Um, 1964 to s- was his first. Really? And he's still going. I'd yeah. be interested to see how... Does he have, like... um pictures of jurassic park for instance and they say this is the scene this is how it's going to go what do you think so what happens is they get a, a version of the film that's um doesn't have any sound on it yet but basically it's just like images and then he, and then he puts it's music got, to, and, the, to the image yeah and then yeah so they have that to go off of oh i didn't know if they didn't have any images and they just no no went, no no they get a rough on. copy but sometimes they have like placeholder shots because they haven't finished shooting it yet so they'll oh, give you like okay. like still images or say this whole or like storyboard images yeah, yeah, yeah so they don't always have the final thing but usually they've got some sort of rough cut in front of them yeah i was gonna say because yeah. you know when that climactic bit comes and everything that really shows the yeah. music goes well with the movie 
And I didn't know whether that was just like... Actually, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is really good in the sense that it shows you this because the character's job is he's a composer for a TV show and they show him like looking over it and going, yeah, all right. And he scores it as it's going along. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just just, just the idea, but that's kind of how they work. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's a cool insight. Yeah, But you'd have to have the visuals to know what the feel was in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's very rare. There's some films um, I've i've seen heard about that have they've had to do some scoring beforehand because the music's involved in the filming um so either the actors have to use it in the film or in a scene or something like that but vast majority of the time they have the rough cut and um the trust between williams and and spielberg is phenomenal they've done 29 movies wow to this point wow uh, yeah. And also to the point, normally they do do it off a rough cut, rough cut but when they did E.T., the final 15-minute segment is full music. And John Williams had written it to the rough cut, but he couldn't get it, when he was conducting it to the film, he couldn't get it to fit the way he wanted. And he said this to Spielberg, and Spielberg said, just film, just record it without the film. Do it without the film. And he just recorded it the way he wanted it to sound. And, and they Spielberg re- edited the final it. footage. Yeah. Wow! See, that's two guys. That's someone. That's someone who knows. That's, no. that's trusting someone. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of trusting someone, uh, <laughs> back to the dinosaurs for a minute. We've got. Um, I don't know if you notice when they go upstairs, they're about to go into like the about to see the video for the first time and all that stuff. Yeah. And so going upstairs, like, what are you guys going to do now that you're, you know, what are you going to do now that they've caught all the dinosaurs? Like, you don't have to dig them up anymore. And he says, um, this is when Ian Malcolm says to him, looks like you're out of a job. <laughs> or I think the kids listen to you're out of a job. And I think Malcolm goes, don't you mean extinct? Yeah. And that's actually based off a real conversation between uh, Spielberg and his um, special effects team. Because when he first saw the footage of like a real, uh, of a CGI Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing the, what were they called? Gallimuses. Yeah. Um, one of the guys said to Dave Tippett, Dave Tippett? Tippett, whatever his name was, Tippett, uh, and said, oh, looks like you're out of a job. And he went, don't don't you mean extinct? And so they <laughs> bought that line from a real-life exchange into the movie. That's cool. Which was cool. Yeah. And then we get introduced to the cartoon, which was something they wanted to have right from the start because it got rid of a lot of the exposition about how did dinosaurs get made. I think it's really I good. I quite liked it. I think it's it. really, I, really I, good. I did, because that explained, that, in layman's terms, you know, explained things to me. I got it. Yeah, me too. I got it. Um... Ellie, Georgia, people who didn't hadn't seen the film before, probably any thoughts on it? It is exactly the sort of thing that would be in a theme park like ride through as well, which is it's it's great. I it's, love it. It's it also, reminded me of a lot of Disney ride. It's also a little bit like kitschy, right? Yeah. Since he's like it's talking to himself kitsch, and going yeah. and going and going, ow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, the introduction where he's talking talking with himself recorded is awful. But like it's supposed to be, isn't it? I think it it fits nicely. Like if you've been to the WB studio tour for Harry Potter ever, like they have one of these before they open it up and you walk yeah. into um Oh, but Hogwarts. that's so magical, isn't it? But it's much it's much better done there because yeah. it was tw- yeah, yeah. two thousand seven or two well, twenty ten or what no, it's later than that. Twenty fifteen when they probably did that for the first time. So but yeah, it's that same sort of an idea where you have to immerse yourself and basically you're 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 in a glorified holding pen. You just got to watch the video. Everybody else has already started the thing. And you're like, oh, it's starting. Not really. Not really. Um, and so um, <laughs> there's a great. Oh, we find out a couple of key things, though. Uh, frog DNA is used to fill the holes in the DNA trail. See, I didn't know this. And at one point, what you don't no, know. No, what, not in real life, but I didn't no. know this in the film. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, see, that, that's how they explain the breeding later. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And so the lawyer looks and goes, are these characters autoerotica? <laughs> And he, he goes. He goes. No, they're not animatronic. But he doesn't really sell the autoerotica thing. No. It's just, I guess, just for the adults in the crowd to go. Eh. 
And then we go to the lab and they literally like break. Like this park is just dying to like be overtaken because you can just like push down the security bars and walk into the lab and no one goes like, oh no, don't do this. Like I know they're like VIPs, but still. Yeah. And we meet, uh, we meet Henry, played by B.D. Wong. And B.D. Wong would be on Law & Order SVU for years as their, like, clinical psychologist. And he thought, he was like, yes, I got this part. Because in the book, his part is massive. Oh, really? And in the film, he only had to come and shoot for one day. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, he was really, and he auditioned using pages from the novel because the script hadn't been done yet. And yeah, and this is where we find out that Hammond has been present for every dinosaur's birth in the park because they're all female and they can control it. And this is where we get the great Life Finds a Way speech by Jeff Goldblum. And it's not this big preachy thing of they don't zoom in heavily on him. I, mean, I think it's a great little speech. Even though Life Finds a Way, he doesn't say Life Finds a Way, he goes Life uh, Finds a Way. Yeah. And it's not this huge, like, I know this is my moment, but his favorite line in the film. I can see that. Which I think they haven't said in the trailer for Jurassic Fallen Kingdom or whatever it was. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, so I'm saying something that really annoyed me in this scene. What was that? Um, it was the fact that Ellie touches the new baby dinosaur without any gloves on, and she's for the rest of the film she's she's quite careful to wear gloves, and in this bit she's just like, no, I'm going to stick my hand in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. looking, and I was like, she, she, it's like she was almost touching it. She was so, I don't know that she ever did. Well, Dr. Grant definitely touches yeah, it. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's all like... Yeah. And didn't he say that you kind of make a bond with them? The first thing it looks at, it bonds with. So that's Hammond's theory. If I'm the first thing they all look at, then they'll Is never hurt he, people, I or, guess. My, yeah. That didn't really work out. No, I didn't know. No. <laughs> like, I, wanna know, I so want to know how that, that tiny baby dinosaur was done, because that is... That's got to be a that's got to be a puppet or an animatronic or something like that. Yeah, yeah. genius. Like even um, when he's holding it in his hands, you're like, it's got to be animatronic because there's nothing underneath. Yeah, I think at different points it's different things. Yeah. I like how it poked out of the, the so shell. Because the shell's obviously in pieces. They've, yeah, yeah. They've, they've they've glued together and things like that. Um, there is a thing which a slight issue I have is that there's times when Alan Grant is so sure, like, don't do this because they can't see you if you do this. And I'm like, this is all a theory we've had. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you're stunned. Like, wow, they do travel in packs. And, the thing- and it's like, okay, but you're like, that part you're not sure about. But like, don't move because he can't see you. You're like 100% bank on it. But how would they know this? Well, it's all theory yeah, based exactly. on some ideas, but there's some of the things they're like, oh, wow, they don't like warm climates after all. They, they're okay here. Yeah. So he's wrong about some things, yeah. but until the script needs him to be right all the time, <laughs> in which case he's right all the time. Maybe he's got a movie. Movie does have the movie. Um, and so, but he's, he's ticked off because he found out they bred raptors, and we get the idea that Grant's not feeling it. Uh, the game warden lets us know that they can remember. They remember things. They're smart. And this is where we get the, I think, which is Ian Malcolm's best line. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whoever they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. That's true. That's good. That's a, yeah. And up until this point, I'm loving this film. And then let's bring in the grandkids. (laughs) Even as a kid, I hated the kids. Oh, especially the girl. There's, yeah. (laughs) So originally, Tim and Lex were the other way, opposite way around. Tim was older. Alex was younger. Oh, okay. But they swapped it for a couple of reasons. Number one, they really wanted to work with Joseph Mazzello, the boy who played Tim, who I thought, actually, I, I, I don't mind him. Yeah. As an actor, he's good. I don't like the fact that he sort of takes Sam Neill's character, who I think is cool, and like neuters him for the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I could not stand the girl who played Alex. 
Uh, especially because Christina Ricci auditioned for this role. Really? Yeah. Oh. Now, Christina Ricci of Wednesday Adams fame. Yeah. Yep. Joseph Mazzello, though, had screen tested for a role in Hook. He had tried out for the mm-hmm. role of little Jack Banning. Oh, cool. And so he was too young, though, they went, yeah, which yeah, is a yeah. shame because the kid who gets the role is not that good. No. But he, they put him in this instead, and they, they actually – I think of the two, Jurassic Park's probably the cooler film to say you were in. And to be fair, it's got a bigger appeal. Yeah. And so they go off on a tour, and they're all really excited. There's an interactive CD-ROM. <laughs> yeah. oh i love that it's like oh, it touches the screen <gasps> i'm like i'm like yeah i can order pizza like that now <laughs> uh for the premiere steven spielberg shows up in one of those jurassic park tour vehicles that's cool of course he the does. jeep would have been cooler the, but oh, i like for the jeep yeah but but to be fair those suvs are much more like flashy 90s then you get took around a tour with them i don't know i don't know movie tour i don't know and then samuel jackson who we meet here says hang on to your butts and i guess i mean cigarette butts because this is the 90s and you can smoke in the workplace and he's always got that he's always got a smoke in his face always and we meet dennis and dennis is poor and bitter and like the worst employee (sighs) they're like dennis that a butterfinger he's like well maybe if you paid me more hammond no one else will do what i do for as cheap as i do it and yet he's always saying money is no object who haven't yeah. well no because the idea is that he says, says quite clearly he bid for this so what happens is if you have a, a thing like this let's say i let's let's make it more other things uh there's two ways you can go about getting business i can phone someone and say hey i love to do whatever i'm gonna go ahead and get you or if i said to someone okay look i want people to cut my grass for the next year yeah give me your bids so then i make everybody else bid to whatever and the lowest bid who i'm sure they can do a decent job they get my they get my business uh, so it's not that i'm tight it's uh, that you okay. said i'll do it for five pounds a week oh, fine you said five pounds a week so dennis has said five pounds a week basically and now he's going i'm not getting paid enough well you you, you made the bid because that's two people have said that now have said what that he's that, they, that he's cheap isn't he who else said that he was cheap is, is that the same guy the same guy oh okay. <laughs> i thought we were still talking about samuel jackson no no samuel jackson never says he's cheap oh, no no okay. no no so the idea that Hammond goes, and your money problems are just that, Dennis. They're your money problems. And he's really quite quite nice to him. And I'm like, the guy's like totally showing you up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And his workstation. I mean, oh, I'm on the my. talk, <laughs> but his workstation's terrible. Horrendous. I hope my colleagues look at it and go, Ian's better than that. <laughs> so such is. Yeah, but is it that your workstation or your car? but there's a huge difference if i may there's a huge difference between your car and like where you actually supposed to be doing work oh, like at one point someone jacks like just knocks off like you know it's nothing but like pop cans and chocolate bar and he goes you know, even when he gets to go away he's like i need to get a, a salty snack yeah i'm like jeez louise um and so uh he was actually um steven spielberg saw his performance in basic instinct and he did what you do liam Go on. He did what you do. He did what you. He did what you do. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He did what yeah. you do. That sounded weird in my mouth for some reason. <laughs> he stuck around and waited for the end credits. He could get the name of the guy because uh, he's like, I want to work with that guy. Oh, uh, cool. So he went ahead, and he's he's good in this role. He, Wayne Knight is very yeah, good in this role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like we go we go outside into the SUVs, and this is where we get our history of the universe. God creates dinosaurs. God kills dinosaurs. God creates man. Man <laughs> kills God. Dinosaur eats man, woman inherits the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I sent to us by, by Ellie. Yeah, it's, it. it's, it's a good line. It is a great line. 
I love the way she they both look at her. She has some amazing feminist lines in this film. She, she doesn't. She doesn't. She's not the only one. I know, so I know what you're thinking of, and I'm going to tear it apart when we get there, though. Oh, no. I am. So nothing is coming out to be shown. Because they keep going down this tour, and nothing's there. And at one point, Ian Malcolm looks and goes, you do have dinosaurs in your dinosaur tour, right? <laughs> is that what he's tapping the screen? Yeah, and I appreciate that, because I think I would do this. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just you like, would do this. He just goes, I, I hate that man. <laughs> And then uh, Alex falls. They're outside of the car. Alex falls. Grant helps her up, and she won't let go of his hand. She won't. And this is part of why they swap the ages, so that they could do this storyline of her having a crush. Oh, okay. So it lets them get Joseph Mazzello, who they wanted, yeah. but it also lets them go down this road, which was a, it was a, it was a fun little, little side plot, I, I guess. It didn't really last too long, though. Well, I think crushes go away once you're, like, terrified for your life. <laughs> She's a bad screamer. Un- unless you're watching Speed. <laughs> um, and there's a Triceratops that's fallen, and I think we get the idea that it's poison, that it's eating what it shouldn't be eating. At least that's what Ellie thinks. Yeah. And the tour's canceled for the day, and Hammond is angry. And this is our theme, man versus nature. A storm is coming in. Hammond is mad because they can't just power through because his will and spending and determination should be able to overdo nature. And you can't control nature. You that's, can't. That, that's the message of the, of the movie. And nature will always come back and bite us in the ass. Nature, nature will win. Hold yeah. on to your butts. Every time. Hold yeah. on to your butts. Take a look around. Yeah. Like, exactly. we, we get a little bit too work and we can control everything around us and then a virus happens and we're going yeah we are we are vulnerable much more than we realize yeah 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 can we talk about the triceratops though go ahead that that triceratops was amazing i wanted to go and cuddle it it was just so the whole because it was it was a full animatronic made the eyes the movement of the mouth the tongue everything i was like oh and when then Sam Neill's leaning on it, oh, breathing. He's not just leaning on it; he's like having a nap on it. <laughs> he is, <isn't> he? <laughs> like he's like. This is why he doesn't compete with Laura Dern. He's like, he's like, what, what's it called in uh in um in Twilight when they? He's like imprinting, imprinting on this Triceratops. On <laughs> As a kid, Triceratops was, was my favorite, so uh, I was glad to see a lot it get of people's favorite. Yeah, is, yeah. I was gonna say, who's isn't? If you weren't, yeah. no, most people like T Rex. No. Stegosaurus? Uh, the plates? Yeah. No, I loved I think a Triceratops was was a was a herbivore. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I was really into dinosaurs as a kid. So See, loved the Triceratops. Just thought it was the coolest looking one. But most of my friends like T Rexes. Oh, uh, okay. I like the Stegosaurus because it was a herbivore, but it also had the big massive boulder on its tail that it beat other things up with. <laughs> yep, it did. It had that club. What's the tall what's the yeah. tall long one we see at the beginning? Uh, it's Brontosaurus. I like that one. Bra- yeah, Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus? Okay. That one with a big thing on his head. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And Double so, uh, speaking of the big uh, Triceratops, let's talk about the big piece of droppings, or as Jeff Goldblum Huge. said, that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. He's <laughs> not- good for the obvious good liners. Not not scripted. <laughs> no wonder I love that line. I love that line. I also like what he says to her. I hope you can wash those hands. And so the storm that we see taking place is actually Hurricane and Nikki. Is it? Yeah. And so some I, of the some of the scenes of it like battering like like I the landscape. That's that, them just shooting what was happening. I thought that looked too real. Uh, several of the storm scenes in the movies are of actual footage shot during the hurricane, and it also cost a day of shooting and destroyed several sets. Oh, okay. There's also a little slight difference in the filming 
Yeah, I, th- I think we just got to do like ideal conditions versus just go shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we find out that Ian Malcolm's always in the lookout. He's got three kids <laughs> from three different ex-wives. We get the feeling, and he's yeah. always on the lookout for a future ex, Mrs. Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, and here's the thing: is that we have Crichton and we have Spielberg, and they both identified with different characters. So Michael Crichton saw himself as Ian Malcolm. Ah. Steven Spielberg saw himself in Richard Hammond. Yeah, John, yeah, Hammond, John, John Hammond. John Hammond. Richard Hammond. Hammond hamster. <laughs> Dinosaur hamster. There, there is a challenge for you for Top Gear. Look at pictures of Spielberg and Hammond. They look very similar. Well, it's also the idea that he's so obsessed with being the showman and persevering and making his creative vision and come true. In what he believes. Michael Crichton seems to imagine himself as much more of a pessimist about yeah. the idea of going, but you're ignoring this really obvious thing. Yeah, I'm more like that. I think I'm. Oh, I don't know which one I am. I try and look at the mm. overall picture, not just a tunnel vision of a picture. Yeah. Well, I guess the idea of, and you can see actually, Hammond is always dressed in pure white. Yeah. Right? Malcolm's always dressed in pure black yeah. when he's dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Yep. And so, we, and so we go to Dennis <laughs> and his plot to get the embryos. And there's lots of rain and computer screens. And I, I just was kind of eh about this whole, like, I know the plot's got to have it. And we keep cutting back and forth between the conversation between uh, Malcolm and Grant and then this. But I was just kind of eh here. It just sort of happens. Yeah. Like, it's better than if I had to watch all of Dennis's stuff because you couldn't because he's jumping locations. So you have to cross cut to something. But I really, I don't care. Uh, it's, it's just the plot. Uh <laughs> We have the SUV scene, and we get the footsteps, and the water in the cup starts to shake ever so slightly. Iconic. Yep. Yeah. And they go, where's the goat? Where's the goat? I'm telling you, Tom Brady's the goat. And tonight, he might win his seventh Super Bowl, <laughs> Tom baby. Brady! Tom Brady! Um, but anyway, so the goat, the goat then, hopefully not like Brady, comes like landing, like bloodied and carcassed on top of the thing. It was just, just a leg, leg, wasn't it? Just yeah. a leg. Just, just a leg. leg. And we get light, and this is about one hour, three minutes, and we finally first see the T-Rex, but we see it from inside the SUV like the kids do. You do. And that lets us put this in their shoes, and that creates fear for us, but also, I guess, a greater attachment to the kids. It, it, do you know what? If, if that come down to me, eye level, and looked at me and blinked, yeah. with just a sheer glass yeah. between me, <laughs> I'm not being funny. I wouldn't have screamed, but I would have been... Well, they start flashing their lights. <laughs> Why would you do that? And, like, Grant's just like, attention. just like, turn the lights off. Oh, yeah. she's so stupid. She is, isn't she? Oh. But they just turn them all back. I don't know. Oh. But then, like, this piece of... And I, they want it to be glass. It's, the, it's, it's like, perfect. the worst piece of plexiglass yeah. ever. It just sort of lands on them. And somehow they're able, with their hands, to keep this dinosaur from, like, finishing. Like, like there's, like, tons of force being pressed down by this dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. And they're all like, we're holding it up with our four little hands. Because he crushes the car at one point yeah so yeah uh but plot hole number three the lawyer (laughs) runs out and abandons the kids before this you know he's not going to survive after that don't you and so grant finally decides he's going to be a grown-up and he gets out with a flare and he like throws it away and he plays fetch which is it didn't work for for dennis when he tried to play fetch (laughs) apparently need a bigger dinosaur and they'll play fetch with with a with a with a flare yeah yeah um, and uh, then we see the lawyer die on the toilet. Yeah, another. Uh, see, that's one. Thing. I'd forgotten this shot. I hadn't. I hadn't. Because I remember thinking, what way to go? Ugh. Elvis and him. Only <laughs> 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 I mean, Elvis had a burger. And he got eaten. I'd, I'd never. I'd never seen the film, but I'd known of this moment. It had been talked about, and I said, "Oh, we get eaten off the toilet." And yeah. It's like <laughs> it's one of those. You've always sort of heard it. 
sort of around you but never actually seen and you just like as soon as he ran off I was like ah he's the guy who dies on the toilet <laughs> it's one of them anyone moments. else feel like oh sorry no, it's like gone does anyone else feel like it was totally Ian's fault that the guy had died on the toilet? Well, he can't, ex- yeah, he didn't he can't expect that there's a guy running away from the kids who's gone and hidden the crapper. No. Like, he yeah, sees him leave, he, but... But he, like, gets a second flare and tries to start distracting the T-Rex when the first... Alan's already done his job Has and he? got rid of the T-Rex. Yeah, the yeah, T-Rex yeah, the goes the T-Rex and chases the first flare. Yeah. I, will not, then, no, I will not put up with any disbursement of Ian Malcolm. That's not happening. His... The T-Rex has already gone after the first flare and then Ian Malcolm's like, hey, I've got a flare too. And then he's like, oh, I'm not going to stop moving like I've been told. I'm going to run away with this flare. And because then the T-Rex chases him, knocks him over and then goes and eats the guy on the toilet. I think we should mention... Totally that, his fault. I think we should mention that Ellie has stayed behind with... Not this Ellie, but, but film Ellie has stayed behind <laughs> with um, Muldoon or whatever his name is yeah, to, yeah, to look yeah. after the, the, the Triceratops. I so, feel the need to mention also that it is not this Ian's fault that the guy got eaten on the nah, toilet. <laughs> it can be my fault. But, you know, he throws the... Throws the um, I Because th- I think if he was there to impress a girl, I'd be like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, I'm also as tough. Look, I'm throwing the flare. Yeah, no, I just think he was just <laughs> trying to draw attention, wasn't he? I think he thought... This scene made Kevin Smith, the director, cry. Not be, it's either this scene or the one with the Jeep, but it's not because of it being scary. It's the idea that as a filmmaker, he knew anything was possible now. Oh. There were no limitations to the stories he could tell because yeah, yeah, yeah. who could have ever seen this actually being a real possibility? Yeah. And then it was. That's oh. really lovely. That yeah. is. I have a small fact on this scene as well. The um the um animatronic head of the T Rex um started malfunctioning during this filming. Um because water was getting into the electric. So the they switched it off, they'd isolated it. The a guy went in to fix it and it started moving again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got something about that a little bit later as well. No, yeah, he did get eaten by the T Rex. Yeah. This is like, ah. Similar so, thing happened on Jaws. Not good with animatronics. No. no. <laughs> Spielberg and giant, and giant animatronics. Not and great. water. Yeah, water. Uh, we go back to Dennis. Dennis is trying to play fetch, but he's not using um, he's not using a flare. I forget, I forget, he's got a branch or something like that. He's just got a stick. Yeah, uh, and then he gets to the back, and finally he gets sprayed with this poisony sort of stuff. I hate this dinosaur. Oh, that's rough. But, but then he gets. Oh, it freaked me out. Can someone explain to me? Because the door on the other side is clearly shut. It How is. did the dinosaur get in the car and get around him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't understand. No, and I he's don't. like sitting, like like George's dog sits in like the passenger seat sometimes, like a good boy. But <laughs> yeah, he's, he it's not his first time in a car. Like this dinosaur is just like waiting, like respects the boundary. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like chilling, like playing with the radio. <laughs> Uh, also what happens to this guy after this does he just die in oh, the car no he oh, dies he, in the he car gets, he gets eaten yeah. yeah and we see the barbasol can fall out and land and get covered in mud the reason for that was that was originally supposed to be the the kernel of the idea for jurassic part two i was gonna say because i never went they, nowhere they ended up going a different direction when they did the lost world and that gets forgotten forever but uh, that was okay. why that was there i thought that at the time i thought this is gonna mean something yeah didn't and it didn't mm. no yeah so then we go to the SUV rescue because at one point we, I'm just going to sort of skip by it very quickly, but he's somehow a cliff appears as if from nowhere because when the, the the T-Rex and the goat comes out, it's all flat. Yeah, but then all of a sudden there's a cliff on the side, on of, the, the, side. of the fence. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but they're like hanging off this like rope and they're like traversing back and forth and the jeep or the SUVs like falling down at them. And I kind of I don't know if I was taking notes. I didn't realize Tim's in this vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. But why was he in the vehicle? Because when he was the but it was tipped know. over on its roof. He was sinking in mud. Yeah, I don't know. And then when and the roof had, 
Yeah, and his foot was stuck but in the mud. Yeah, car had crushed onto his foot. Now it was within but, the metal. Of but he was sinking in the mud. But they do this great traverse back and forth, and they get out of the way, and it lands in the tree. I'm like, cool. And then he's like, I got to go back and get Tim. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, he laughed, he laughed. He's like, no, but I'm not going to leave you. Uh, a key thing is, I should have mentioned, is um, back when the, when the T-Rex is attacking, we get the first full-out scream from Alex. You, and that's, <sighs> that's dreadful. <laughs> it is, but she was called into a casting office, and they said, we just want you to scream. She heard later on that they had a few girls on tape that day and that she was the only one who woke up Steven Spielberg's wife when she was sleeping on the couch, and she came running through the hallway to see if her kids were all right. <laughs> that's what you want you want to really? scare the parents but we do get this stay still they can't see you if you stay still now he's really betting the farm on this yeah but it's a great shot it's one of those iconic bits where the t-rex comes like almost like right up it's almost like alien like that ridley scott is, kind of thing yeah Ooh. almost yeah yep considering that's all based gonna... on theory as well oh yeah like it's like 100 percent. Like, like you were wrong about the climate like you know what if like you gotta be really sure in this moment. Absolutely. I guess it beats running because we know we can go like fifty miles an hour. So yeah. Um, did I? Did you see this in the cinema, Liam? No. Ah, uh, because I was going to ask the the first sort of rules from the dinosaurs if it was in this new surround soundy technology. How much would that scare uh, you? In the, see, cinema? the hard I mean, part I had it is in my headphones today, and that was bad enough. See, see, the, the hard part is that mm-hmm. although it was shot in that, there's no guarantee in the cinema you're sitting at could have taken advantage of that technology. Had yeah, that. not not that's the other problem. Yeah, not back then. It would have had to be your big city sort of cinemas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to ask Majestic to run it again. Hey, there we yeah. go. <laughs> um, so then we get to the SUV rescue. Tim has thrown up, and Doctor Grant's a good guy. He's like, I won't tell anybody you threw. It's okay, you threw up, and he goes this is impossible because they have to climb down and then the jeep start the suv starts moving and he's like oh funny because he moves the the steering wheel oh is that what does it wheels the wheels move so they Uh, dislodges them from the tree but there's a cool shot they get to the bottom they barely beat the the suv down and then it sort of like falls down on them and they huddle and like the sunroof the the plexiglass have been knocked out is now like the place where they can sort of like hide yeah and the kid just goes hugely fortunate wasn't it it was but he just goes best line well, we're back in the car again. He <laughs> <laughs> was quite funny, that kid. He, he had a good comic timing about him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then um, Muldoon and Ellie, who have now disappeared, because um, Hammond goes, would you please go get my grandkids? Yeah. And so um, what, Muldoon's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then Ellie's like, I'll go too. And they find the kids. And they're like in an open So They don't find the kids. They find Ian Malcolm. He's like in the mud. And they go, should we chance moving him? And then all of a sudden you hear all this noise, like, please chance it. <laughs> so they put him in the in the in the Jeep. And uh but he's this- managed to like tourniquet his own leg. He's, like, he, in this, in he's a rock star, he's Ian Malcolm. Is, yeah. <laughs> and so there's an impact tremor. His leather trousers were tight. <laughs> yes and we get that impact tremor and we see the water again uh, not the, 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 the footprint the, the footprint and it yeah, sort yeah. of goes puddle and he goes oh and he goes we have to leave we have to leave spielberg uh, had this idea he said i want to see where, where this happens uh, and you drive away before you see the dinosaur itself so you reveal it as you're already chasing away and as debbie said the t-rex occasionally malfunctioned and producer kathleen kennedy said it scared the crap out of us because it would go into heebie-jeebies we'd be like <laughs> we'd be like eating lunch and all of a sudden the t-rex would come alive at first we didn't know what was happening then we realized it was the rain you'd hear people start screaming i think so oh, all of a sudden it's sitting there and then the t-rex just starts jerking its head around <laughs> i would be uh, i'd be i'd be cacking up i i i wouldn't need my lunch anymore it would have <laughs> 
pass through, I think. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> the roars. A bit on the music. Sorry, a little Go bit of music on this. The whole of this attack sequence with the T Rex has no score. That's a good and point. It doesn't. Yeah, nothing. It's just, again, Bernard Herman, it's just the sound of water. It's just the rain. Yeah. And nothing. And John Williams was very, very good at this, uh, um, showing restraint in his scoring. Knowing when you don't um, need to be there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, yeah, I was trying to harvest some, some some audio clips for some, for the montage for the rom-com roundtable. And some, some, some composers just don't know when to leave a scene alone. Yeah. I'm like, there's one film. I was like, I can't get anything because everything's got score. I'm like, dude, I, I appreciate your, your work ethic, but not everything needs this. No. I like this moving scene as well. Yeah. Uh, the roars of a T-Rex were a combination of dog, penguin, tiger, alligator, and elephant sounds. Cool. And the crew had to have safety meetings about the T-Rex. It weighed 12,000 pounds. It was extremely powerful. They used flashing lights to announce it was about to come on to alert the crew. Because if you stood next to it and the head went at full speed, it felt like a bus going by. <laughs> so the number two, no, it's T-Rex. <laughs> I wonder what his nickname was, because the, the shark is Bruce. Yeah. There yeah. had to be a nickname. I couldn't find one. Because uh, I, I didn't think, think about it so now. Terry. Terry? Terry the T-Rex. No. Good. Mark. Yeah. Mark. Why Mark? Yeah. Mark Bowen, T-Rex. Okay. Yeah. Bang a gong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ian's line where he says- Roberta. Is it really Roberta? Oh, I like that. Well Apparently done, Apparently so. Female. Uh, oh, female. That's oh, right, yeah. yeah. they're all female. Yeah. It's yep. got to be I could have Rexy, but it seems the official name has been revealed. Whether you watch Jurassic Park or the new Jurassic World movies, T-Rex by her true name, Roberta. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, there we are. Ian says the line must go faster while being chased at around one hour, 20 minutes in by the dinosaur. I knew and this again, fact. why is Alan the only one that can understand that you can't move in front of a T-Rex and it'll leave you alone? Because <laughs> well, Ian's a mathematician? Yeah, and 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 Ellie's no, a bot- Ellie's told. a botanist. Well, no, because he- he's told them all. No, no, no. He told times. the he told the kids. I don't think he told them about a T Rex, and you 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 can't move. Plus, just in, plus, just impulse. If I see it a T Rex, I'm probably going to be though. like, I'm not I'm not the lawyer, but I'm probably yeah yeah. This lineup is the fault of this film, though, that we now all have that in our like subconscious knowledge. Like, you just don't move in front of a T Rex. Like, what, are, are you scared? That, that are you scared that's, that's, that's going to bite you in the ass one day or something? Or? <laughs> but like, hold on, I feel like most people have that knowledge in their brain that like, if you don't move, it can't see you. And I think it must be because of this film. Yeah. Uh, Ian says, "Must go faster." Around one hour twenty minutes in, and I knew this because I picked up on this myself years ago. He says the same line in Independence Day when the aliens are chasing him, getting out of the spaceship. Does he? Must go faster. <laughs> must go faster. Must go. I'm like, I know. I think I saw that first in Jurassic Park. Second, I'm like, I know he uses that in both. I'm like, that's wow. incredibly lazy. Or what actually happened was the producer of um, the director, sorry. Oh, executive director, executive producer, co-writer and director, Roland Emmerich of Independence Day. Liked the line so much he had Goldblum say it when he and Will Smith were escaping the mothership. And I went, yes, you did. That's I knew that one. Cool. Um, the T Rex. Anybody involved in talking the Mickey will like this one? The T Rex chasing the Jeep was the most difficult scene to animate. There was a member of a staff who had to do research because there's no frame of reference for getting an animal of that size to run. It took two months to figure out how to get it to run, for instance. He'd run the sequence backwards to see all the mistakes and be able to use the computer to add little details like the puddles of water splashing, yada, yada, yada. And this man's name was Hall of Famer in the Disney Talking the Mickey podcast, Steve Spaz Williams. 
Oh my goodness! Oh, no. And then it went on to do <laughs> the wild. Who went on to do the wild? I told Ethan this, and he freaked right out today. Wow, <laughs> no. that's ridiculous! That is—he has let his career go. Can you imagine? You he's involved in this, and Spielberg's like, "Yeah, he's going to do great things one day." This one day, he's just like invited the Maybe premiere the of the wild. wild. <laughs> Maybe he's the one that got stuck inside the T Rex head, and then he got PTSD, and that's Maybe why that's he never what did happened. His work again. Uh, Ellie, I think you were going to say something before I talked about um, Steve Spaz Williams. I was, yeah. So when they're driving away in the Jeep, this is the first instance that I noticed um, Ellie's screaming. Um, she's a really bad screamer. Oh, there's a lot of it too in the yeah. second half of the film. Yeah. Mm. every There are quite a lot where it just like zooms in on her face and she's just <sighs> got like the widest mouth. It's weird because... It's like, ah! like, like, like Alex is like a, just a child version of her. Mm. In a sense, both kids kind of become like the adults that are around because Tim's obviously like little, little Dr. Grant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow of him. But I didn't need two of this. No. <sighs> but as they're driving away and they finally get away Ian Malcolm goes you think they'll have that on the tour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never give up an opportunity no. <laughs> uh, rendering the dinosaurs took two to four hours per frame and when doing it in the rain it took six hours per frame Jeez. 24 oh frames a second is industry standard wow. so to get one second of footage is 144 hours that's a week for a second of footage in the rain that's crazy yeah They'd never do that today. Nope. It was worth uh, there, it. There's a nice scene where Dr. Grant goes up the tree with, with the kids. Up. <laughs> um, he goes, the boy goes, I hate trees. And the sister's <laughs> like, oh, they don't bother me. He goes, yeah, well, you weren't in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. that like I said, it's comic timing. <laughs> there's Bronchiosaurus that we learn. He comes on. It's a veggie They make sure that we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have a couple of terrible jokes. Uh, do you remember the jokes? Them. What was the yeah. joke? What do you th- yeah, what do you call a dinosaur with no eyes? Do you think he saw what do you call us? A blind dinosaur. A blind dinosaur. Uh, yeah. do, uh, do you think he saw us? And then it was, what do you call blind dinosaur's what do you call dog? Blind dinosaur's dog. I got this one. And do you think he saw us? I got both of yeah. them. Did you get both? <laughs> There we go. Yeah, I did that. Wow, I, I, I knew the first one. I didn't know the second one. That made me laugh. But this is where Doctor Grant promises to stay up all night. And watch over them. Yeah, I'm not sure he does, but anyway. No, no, no. and somewhere in all this, He's I went to be a father though. figure to him. Somewhere in all this, I went to the toilet, and apparently Samuel Jackson dies. Yeah, yeah, I was gone for thirty seconds. He just left as an arm. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually see when he died. I, I completely missed that as well. Yeah. Isn't that way later? Uh, it's somewhere in this stretch he dies. I it can't be that much later. No. No, it's when she goes down into the room. But they haven't even. He's dead. He's dead. About the different options yet. He's dead at that point. What do you mean, uh, different options? Maybe somewhere I don't know. Um, All I know is that now I'm getting back to the canteen. So okay. Hammond's in the canteen eating ice cream because it's going bad. Which you know, fair play. I'd be in the ice cream too. Spared no expense. (laughs) Uh, And he can't let it go. And he's talking about the flea circus. And I want to give people something real. And he said, but next time. And the girl's like, next time? You must be crazy. He's like, well, next time we'll have control. She went, control is the illusion. You cannot control. If you couldn't do it now with all this, it's never going to happen. Exactly. And that's a good speech. It's a good scene. And I really like the scene, actually. Because that's his his turning point. I think the ice cream. No, it's not the turning point. He still keeps talking about doing it. I think they the, put these the gates that is. are that tall on the park. They're just asking for the dinosaurs to escape. I think this is for the audience to turn, not oh, for okay. Hammond to turn yet. Because what she says makes so much sense. It does make so much sense. It's probably her best it scene in the movie, in my sense. opinion. Yeah. But, but I'm annoyed about it because she comes and she's been outside in the pouring rain. She's bone dry. Oh, is she really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because his issue was there's too much automation. Maybe it's like other theme parks where they've got those like fancy machines that give you you a full body blow dry. Maybe. (laughs) I want to say, did Wanda turn up and flicker then? Full dry. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Back to uh, Grant. He's found out the the dinosaurs are breeding and figures out it's the frog DNA because some frogs have been known to uh, change their sex when limited to a single sex environment to ensure that the species continues to live. Life found a way. Uh, Jeff Goldblum said... Gifts haven't been invented yet, but let's get ready for them because yeah. I got a scene I want to shoot. Take my shirt off, put my legs up, and just frame me as a Greek it god. Made no sense to the scene whatsoever. He's just like giving like the camera the smoldering look. Like why? I don't know. No, I don't either. He's not afraid. He's turned on. So you know what? It's brilliant, but no need for it whatsoever. Oh, I just got my notes. What a porn shot. Yeah, it was a porn shot. Um, just no gold medallion. And they decide, oh, this must be it here. Shut down the park and restart it. And I guess Samuel Jackson must still be here for this. He's definitely still here. Yeah. Hammond wants to reopen the park. And he said, well, it's just like Disneyland had all these problems. Disneyland, you know, it's just like Disney. <laughs> to which point, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, best lines in the show gets well yeah but if pirates of the caribbean breaks john the the pirates don't eat the tourists no <laughs> best line in cinematic history it's up there best line ever makes me so happy so muldoon and statler Sattler, are about to try and get a reboot of the park and hammond feels he should go because he's got a penis yeah that's his logic even though he's an old man he's an old man and he's got no and problem got sending them limp. out up until this point yeah I don't understand. Like, and he walks with a limp. At no yeah. point is it, this felt inconsistent because at no other point has he been like, I'm a man, and I should do office. this. Yeah. At no point was he like, oh, bring her along. She'll be good. You know, she can hold the, the, the camera for you while you inspect the area, Alan. Like, it felt yeah. like a really weird time. And it she, did. It, was, it almost felt like they wrote it in so she could have this moment. <laughs> Ellie, do you want to talk about this moment? <laughs> well, I did, yeah. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. She says, she says we can discuss sexism in survival situations when I get back. And, and like, this is good because this means for the rest the of the film, she's not going to be the cowering woman. She's going to make sure she stays there with the men step for step because we talked about sexism in survival situations. We did. <laughs> get ready for Muldoon. Here we go. So <laughs> this is pretty much the end of it. Once Malcolm starts telling her where to go on the radio, he has no more lines the rest of the film. He does. He's just sort of there. Yeah. He has some he has some cool looks in the chopper, but that's really it. <laughs> that's a wrap. You get my. Uh, let's go back. You got the camera crew. I'll do some more smoldering looks. <laughs> let's get the other side. Um, there's an electric fence, and Grant goes and grabs the fence. And goes. Ah, that's funny. I'm with Alex. I don't think it is. I think it is. Funny. I didn't think that was funny it's, at all. It's funny. I thought that it's, was really really cruel. It's funny for the audience. Oh, okay, yeah. If you've it's gone not. through what they've gone oh. through that night. That is not funny. Yeah, I see, I see. The, the last guy so ran cool. off on them. This guy who's just seen you through the night and you can finally trust him. You're pretending you've killed. He's pretending he's died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is, this is cruel. <laughs> that, that is cruel. Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I retract what I said. <laughs> Going through what they've just gone through. Yeah. Oh, but from an audience every kind member, of it was funny. Can you sue your grandfather? Is that possible? Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, they should. Because I'm sure they're not the only grandkids he's got. You know, so you know, make sure you get your, your your piece of the pie off this thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Want twenty million each. <laughs> and so they go with Alex. You got to pump the primer switch, which is basically just build tension. Yeah. As we see each movement, and then we have a long pan down of all the buttons all she's got to hit. Yeah, and yeah. the bot. Thank God the bottom one is like perimeter fence. I'd have been more better if that had been like third mm-hmm. from the bottom. Or I'm something. sorry. I get that she's just going from the top and working your way down, but if I'm working with what's going on here, the first thing I'm putting up is the perimeter fence. Yeah. Because that kind of stops the dinosaurs from getting out. Yeah. That's the most important thing to me. Attention. She's just like, I start at the top and I work my way down. (laughs) It would probably take you longer to like identify the right one, find that one, do that one. We might go start with a fence, then hit them all. Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. While we're on the subject of fences, when they're a little bit earlier, they say the raptors have broken out of their enclosure. And then they're like, the shutdown must have turned off all the fences. And I'm like, no shit. You shut down all of the electric. Well, like, and they're all surprised. Well, I think it's the, yeah, I think it's the idea of it. Because obviously when, when uh, Dennis goes for a runner, he shuts down parts of the fence as he goes along. And then he's the only one who can override it. But obviously that didn't work out. Yeah, it was, it was just them creating. This is after they've, after they've turned off all of the electricity we, to everything. Yeah. It's ne- like the Raptors don't have a backup generator. We needed a reason to put them back in harm's way is basically exactly. what happened here. Yeah. And a race against time for the fence. Um, and so finally everything goes back into power, which means that Tim is shocked. <laughs> that is funny. And I'll tell you what. It's just one of those miracle situations where Alan Grant is in the singular perfect position to catch him. He goes miles. If he had been higher or lower or off to the left, like, like, he just... You watch that shot. He goes... Because he goes Ian Malcolm away. talked to me at some length about chaos theory, and yet he fell in the most predictable way. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. I would also like to point out, as someone who has like done first aid for a very long time now... When you are learning about electrocution, the first thing they tell you is, "Do not touch the person." Yeah, well, you have because to... they will still have an electronic Hang current on. through them, and their skin will be melted. Hang on, you can't have a movie though where Tim goes flying off and Grant goes, "Nope, not nope." Leave him for just lets him eat it. His, his neck snaps. Else, then his neck snaps, and he goes, "Has a current? Yeah. Couldn't do he that." Be dead. I and she just goes because that yeah. would electrocute. That would electrocute the what's his face as well. He's wearing denim. Denim stops that. I didn't like this scene. Oh, okay. I, I wish, yeah. I, wish I he, love this scene. I wish he hadn't have got electrocuted. Oh, I really like the. I think the scene in general. I can really. I think. I think every kid can relate to climbing a fence. It's all it is. But, yeah, but so I'd, well done. I'd, I'd like to have seen it just like he'd got off in time. I, uh, they, they I looked, loved how they were like, it's not a race. It, like, it looked it totally so is. silly when he flew off the fence. It's a race against time. That's what it is. It just looks so silly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I tell you, uh, it, it made me laugh. It's a bit like in Titanic. You know the guy that falls off and hit the propeller? Yeah. And make oh. that ooh sound. You know, it's a bit like that moment. I, I, it ruins. I will say this. At least they established the kid was scared of heights when he's climbing down the tree. Okay. And therefore he's slow for a reason. Yeah. But you'd also think you'd be like, I get the importance of what I'm doing for a reason. Or maybe Alan should have like stayed up there with him and made sure he got down. Yeah. I'm with you. One more step. Next step. Next. Or he yeah. could have just climbed through the gaps in the fence because he's small yeah. enough to. As opposed yeah. to Grant, who's like, I'm first down. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, kids. Hurry up. <laughs> I can catch you. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to leave you, but I'll catch you. Yeah. This is what kids do. As, as a mum, my little three-year-old, he will climb up as high as flipping possible. And I'm standing there going, I'm frightened. I'm frightened. And then he's going, mommy, help me down. I'm yeah. Because when you get up to the top, it's when you come down, but you realize how high up you are. Yeah. Um, and so I did that a lot as a kid. they finally, uh, oh, sorry. Then we have 
this great reveal where Ellie goes, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. And you get the reveal of the raptor coming out from the side, just over her shoulder. When she cries, real tears, because this is the first time she actually encountered the scene, how they were going to shoot it. And it really freaked her out. That would me. Yep. And then mold. And that was so mean. It wasn't it. So that was like, Really? Oh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was something practically coming through the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that Let's set that up again because yeah. we went all, we went all, whatever. So, um, it, yeah, it was something that really came through the wall at her, and that would be, I guess, scary. I mean, you hear about these actors, like the little girl who was in *Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe* when she first saw *Narnia*. Her reaction is legitimate because she'd never seen, never seen that, 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 that the no, scene yet. That was her first introduction. So you can get these great moments, or if you think about when we did uh, Seven. And that guy who everyone thinks is just a dead animatronic yeah. sits up and they oh. all go, whoa. Oh. Yeah, so it's just it's just those sorts of things. Um, and so uh, around this time, Muldoon dies. Clever girl. Because back to my point about, so he goes, you go in there, I'll, I'll cover you. Yeah. And she goes, okay. <laughs> Thank you for being chivalrous as I run to safety. <laughs> Hold off all three raptors by yourself. We're not in this together anymore. I didn't like him. Truth. Absolute truth. It, it was truth. Um, I, she is going to do the thing that they went out there to do. To be fair, she doesn't she say going to do the power. She, she doesn't say I'll help fight him off. She doesn't say. And granted, he's one of the. I still didn't. I thought. I think the rest of the movie, she does the exact opposite of what she claims she 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 does to Hammond in that scene. True. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Oh, anyway, we, we, now we go back to the canteen. The kids have made it back, and, and Tim, this is sorry. This is where we get the amputated arm of Arnold. Yeah, at yeah, some point. It, so it, I don't it, know it. where he dies, but it wasn't two minutes beforehand. He's been there for a bit. Yeah, because uh, when they're in the bunker, they're saying he's been too long. Yeah, he's been too long. I don't think yeah. you're supposed to see him die well, because this is there's a show, reason. Yeah, why you're not supposed to see him die, and it wasn't this reason. Oh, okay. It's because the hurricane destroyed the set he was supposed to die on. Oh, <laughs> so okay. they just did like this little crappy death for him. Oh, I, I thought they were setting up for us to know that there was a raptor in the place. No, no. Oh, okay. Back to the no, canteen. That, that, scared, that scared me, though, because I was expecting Samuel to then fall out, fall through, and then it was just an arm. Just an arm. So, oh, mm. I don't do good with the gory stuff, so this was a I test don't, for me. I don't. <laughs> So Dr. Grant has completed his mission. The children are now back in the canteen, and they just want to go eat everything. As a kid, I was like, this is like the spread from heaven. Mm -hmm. And Tim's hair is great. It's a wig. You thought it was a wig, didn't you? It's a wig. Um, And then he and his sister are just eating food and smiling, and they're way too quick to go, we're inside, everything's safe. And you get this look on Alex's face, and the the jello starts whatever. Yeah. There is someone just off camera shaking her arm. <laughs> she want, she wanted to do it by herself, and they wouldn't let her. Really? She's like, let me have to go with it. They're like, no. We know what we want. Stand there and be a prop. That's or sit there strange. and be a prop. You it was strange. You would have gave her a go, when wouldn't you? Do, when you try and shake yourself, you end up pausing after a little bit, and it's not natural. Yeah, I get it. someone else yeah. doing it. Speak for yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> Love it. Um, oh, bless you, honey. <laughs> and then we, have a, then we have a scene called Raptors in the Kitchen. Um, and with this great setup where they go, you sure they're contained? Of course they're contained. Unless they figure out how to open doors. And then we, cut to, a, we cut to a door handle being moved. <laughs> and we're like, all right. Uh, lots of panning, moving the camera and not cutting. So we see the that kids and then we move the camera to show the Raptors. Um, this actually has guys in suits. 
for portions of this, and I they th- could only go for fifteen minutes at a time because they literally are doing like the old dinosaur walk. I thought over. That because there's times when you just see the feet where it does look like a pair of human legs. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It was. I love the bit where then you the get the toenails thing. tapping <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, that was so cool. Uh, Alec- I didn't like that. <laughs> Alex saves Tim with some ladle smashing on the floor. And then this scene was the girl who played Alex's favorite scene. It was filmed in two weeks. Like I said, guys in suits. And the raptor clicking its toenails was done with a puppeteer walking on raptor legs. That's cool. Yeah. And this is where we talk about the fact that these raptors are much bigger than real raptors. And this kind of talks about what Georgia was on about earlier. So the idea that raptors could be six feet tall or five feet tall, whatever they were in this movie, is kind of insane because they were 1.6 feet tall approximately in real life. Oh, okay. After, a lot less scary. A lot less scary. Really did he? Yeah. So after this film finishes, they're doing a dig in Utah and they find raptors that are like the same size as they were in the movie. Wow. So, they, so they came up with it and then they discovered it. So one of the proposed names, it doesn't take, was Utah Raptor Spielberg uh. <laughs> for it. Uh, when it was discovered, um, Stan Winston, who we talked about, said, we made it. Then they discovered it. And that still boggles my mind. <laughs> so then they go into the freezer and Joseph Mazzello did the freezer scene on his birthday. And the raptor in this scene is on wheels and had to be pushed. And the claws hit the boy on the forehead. And he sort of falls to the floor dizzy, but he was okay. And Spielberg, I don't know if this is his quick thinking, out of getting out of a lawsuit. He has the whole crew go, happy birthday. <laughs> and the kid's yeah. like, he goes like, oh, it's, it's like my, my birthday present. I got knocked clever, over by a raptor. Clever, 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 clever. <laughs> and so um then they reconvene everybody into the cafeteria or control room the first cafeteria then the control room everybody finds each other and she sits down at this computer and goes i know this because there's has there been anything that really establishes besides that she's really into the cd-rom that she'd be this level no No, yes there is there's dialogue there is dialogue whilst they're running through the forest that um the boy calls her a computer nerd says something about oh she'll never try that again when she gets sneezed on by the dinosaur she'll never try anything new again yeah. she'll just go back to sitting in her computer and oh, being a, a nerd and she goes oh, I'm a hacker I'm no, a she, hacker I'm a hacker I prefer to be known as a hacker this that and the other so there is there okay, is some that did, that did 1993 me. hacking apparently means you can do like remote and for some reason like the computer system rather than just be a bunch of file folders was like a physical representation of the park and you had to like move your mouse over to the proper building very futuristic it was very like lawnmower man <laughs> was, you ever see lawnmower man like low tech lawnmower yeah, yeah, yeah. man but yeah, I was like this is stupid <laughs> Um, but she makes sure we know, oh, it's a Chaos 90X4 system. I can do, oh, not the right file. I think this one's the right file. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're explaining computers to a group of people who don't, and that's bacon what she's doing. everyone's bacon. Well, the room is secure for about nine seconds. They go, hooray! And then, <laughs> you hear, the room is secure. They're co- you hear Laura Dern in the background. They're coming through my door! <laughs> and it's the best piece of Hammond of acting he does the whole stinking film, because he just looks scared. And he doesn't say anything. But they're trying to hold the door. She's working the computer. Why isn't the brother helping pick up the gun? I don't know, but I'll tell you what he found. It wasn't a gun. He find there's a ladder all of a sudden in the room? A ladder, yeah. Up to a pan, I don't. I didn't see this ladder in any of the other shots. Nope. Did anybody see a ladder in here? No. no. Just a great appearing, and there's a ladder. Should we explain it? No. <laughs> Just stick it there. The hurricane knocked over our explanation for the ladder. Absolutely. 
I did find Tim really annoying in this scene. He was just like jumping up and down and tapping things. Well, because his whole re- he's just got to sit over her shoulder so she could just like say, there's nothing else for him to do. He should just like grab like an ice cream you had from earlier and just keep eating it. <laughs> he could have like helped to push the door a little bit, I guess. Oh, I guess. And kick the gun over. Or at least feel like he was helping. And yeah. so he's just like tapping her and going, hurry up. Ah, I'm an annoying child. Well, speaking yeah. of hurrying up, I'm going to do that for the to get through the end of the film here. <laughs> uh, the raptors figure out they're in the ceiling, which is clever. They mentioned that earlier. They know yeah, where things it. are. And so they're starting to attack. And it was some more screams from Alex. Because I was like, oh, it's good. It's been about five minutes. <laughs> um, and then we get to the end of the film. And originally, the film had a different ending. Okay. Same location. They were going to trick the Velociraptor into going into the mouth of the exhibit the fossil dinosaur yeah and he was going to use some animatronics to crush the dinosaur using that using that and spielberg went grant's not really the star of the film you know who the star of the film is it's the t-rex we need to do this so there's really no reason for this if you think about it logically don't because how does the t-rex even get in there it's not just like a T-Rex well. sized door over to the side that we've established. There's mm-hmm. no like loading no, area. There is this the most annoying thing about Jurassic Park is that the Jurassic Park entryway doorway like that has doors that open are at the only weak point when the fences are up right. are tall enough to let the bloody dinosaurs out. Well, <laughs> like you are asking still, for trouble <laughs> still kind of dumb but anyway the t-rex comes out of nowhere and saves the day um credit to the other velociraptor though and so they wanted to have uh what spielberg described as a king kong roar and to the shot this is the shot we remember from t-rex uh, from Jurassic Park, I think more than any other shot there's a lot of iconic shots but it's the t-rex screaming in victory anger whatever as that when dinosaurs ruled the earth banner floats yeah. down across it and that is what we're leaving behind and then you know spielberg goes off and shoots sinner's list <laughs> because grant says i've decided not to endorse your park and he goes it's over and that's his character development he comes to it in the last two words yeah, it's over yeah and we get the like and um then we get the the coda and the idea <laughs> i think is that what he just looks at all the living people and it's back to the idea that it's people who matter not the park not ambition mm-hmm. yep i heard the last lines of so have i yeah me too Oh, so I've decided, so endo- mm. decided not to endorse your park because it's all right, so have I. Oh, okay, because that's what I thought I remembered in my memory was so have I, and I wrote down it's over. I was like, all right, I guess it's better. But no, in my memory banks, it was so have I. So yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, I think so have I is better. Cool. I think it's, I think it's a better line as well. Definitely funnier. <laughs> um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's, oh, it's kind of a dark joke, I guess. I think it's poignant. He's been selling this, the park to everybody, even even like when he's t- selling it to Ellie afterwards and yeah. when he's selling it to Ian Malcolm afterwards and going, if we just fix this yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's finally stopped selling it. And he's like, I'm done. He realizes it's, it, it's, it's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be done. And there's a short sequence in the middle. They, they sort of pan over all the memorabilia and stuff, the lunch boxes yeah. and everything. Everything is branded. Real, yeah. real stuff. Yeah. I was going to say stuff that was a hundred percent was about, box? it was about to be shipped out to, to, to stores to sell. Uh, do you think uh, yeah. they put it in the movie so that they would sell more? Oh, precisely. Well, yeah, but I, mean, they, I think they also had it made. So, like, get, get it out there. Yeah. Let people see what they can buy. Hey, yeah. that's the one from the movie. Get exactly. That. Yeah. Anybody want to guess what the body count is? How many characters die? Seven. Five? You said seven. Debbie says five. And Mouse? George is I counting. I think it's that many. I think it's only three or four. Ellie, any quick guess? Eight. 
Five. So well done, Debbie. Five, five. is the right answer. Wow. So that is uh, – what do we think about it before we get into the whole endgame oh, sort of stuff? Oh, and I could just do one last bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I listened right to the end of the credits, and the last chord is discordant. Oh, okay, suggesting minutes. suggesting yeah, there's um, still, there still not resolved. And, yeah, I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Mm. So there's definitely, there was thought in even the scoring at that point that it's going to, something isn't right still. Of course, because it's still got an island full of dinosaurs, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, they haven't. Who will they evolve. did not use the Lysine initiative. Who will no. evolve and swim in water. Okay, so, um, Lysine, yeah, but Lysine, this is a sort of absolute stopgap that, that Hammond won't let him use. I mean, uh, I've tried to get through this. And it's, if you brought up everything you could have talked about for Jurassic Park, we really would be here for four hours because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so much. There is a lot. There was so much, so much research. I had to go, nope, 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 nope. I just cut all of it. I'm just like, because there is so much. It's such an important movie in that regard. And I think we're all sitting here going, really kind of liked it. Yeah. 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 I weren't too keen to watch it when I first came out. Um, I went into dinosaurs. It didn't, you know, the queues around town. It was like, I'm not queuing for that. Yeah. You know, I was into Batman and stuff like that at the time. Um, but years later, when I watched it on VHS, like yourself, um, I, I, quite, I quite enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's more the characters I enjoyed, not the dinosaurs. It's, see, that's a thing for me. Like, it's a blockbuster. It's a huge blockbuster. But what makes this film great isn't so much the reason I go to the movies. Mm. So I appreciate it on a visual level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure it's, you know, my, my favorite stuff, it's like when I yada yada over, um, you know, Dennis trying to break into the lab. And I'm like, I, I, I just don't, I just don't, it's just plot. It's, it's not even, it's kind of like lazy plot. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure it's ridiculously technically difficult to do all this stuff. But for I, me. And I think the reason I was a blockbuster because I was cutting edge Technology oh, it's, the t- it's the huge, time. but it's huge set pieces, yeah. huge set pieces, and we could name them, right? We could name there's the there's the the, the jeep as it falls, the SUV as it falls out of the tree, mm-hmm. right? There is the chase with it with a T Rex as they go away from it. There's the T Rex when it attacks the SUV. There's the fence. There's you know there's the scene in the kitchen. There's the bit where the T Rex grabs the raptor. There's like and twelve, and when they're running with the dinosaurs, easily there's like twelve yeah. massive set pieces that yeah. you're like these are iconic, and unfortunately. Visual storytelling is not as important to me, nor yeah. big set pieces. So I really appreciate it. But the yeah. part of me that goes, I'm never going to feel the way about Jurassic Park, for instance, I do about Three Real Words. Same. Yeah, I agree. And I know that all movies have to be those sorts of things, but I just think there's I can't rave something in that storytelling. Something like Jaws, which I do want to go back and revisit at some point, because mm-hmm. I think there's a story there. There's yeah, characters yeah, yeah. there. There's yeah, development yeah. there. Yeah. This is just short. It's like it's like 24 hours in, in the park, isn't it? Basically. So yeah. how much? So it's just a series of of, of of it's. You know what it is? It's a series of unfortunate events. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. I see that realization in your eye, and I was like, yeah. So that's. I mean, ladies, people who saw it for the first time, people who saw it for kind of the first time, thoughts. I enjoyed it. I like the I like the effects though mostly. So unlike. You, Ian, I can appreciate it. Well, no, no, you can, but like I more so appreciate it for the practical and like CGI and all that sort of stuff. And the story so much doesn't bother me. Like I'm looking into the story and going, that's stupid. But I quite liked the kids in it. I thought actually for as big of a part as they had, they were both quite good. Um, that's probably a bit of a controversial opinion, but I thought they were quite good. Um, and I like the arc that the professor guy has as small as it is and also it's got jeff goldblum in it so what's not to like that was his role professor guy 
Yeah, the prof- I professor don't remember his name. But Dr. Dr. Ian Malcolm's also a no. Professor guy is Alan Grant. That's who she's talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Like Ian Grant's. Uh, sorry, Ian Grant. Ian Malcolm's also a professor guy. Yeah. Oh, true, 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 true. There we go. Same yeah. He's a he's a chaosologist. Yeah. Or a chaos. That is, but- I think that is what my job title is going to be soon. I feel like that different type. Be- I think. <laughs> No, I, I'd, I'd go into chaos study. That would be a lot of fun. Debbie is the person who we started, hey, come on and do Jurassic Park, without realizing you hadn't seen Jurassic Park. Uh, thoughts? It's one of those things that's been in my mind since I was little because I I played in orchestras and bands and things, and this, at that time, the John Williams compilation pieces were what you played. I mean, they were phenomenal. And so the music has always been in my blood, literally. And I really enjoyed it. I think I was just about at a right place that I might not have nightmares because you know I don't do I don't do gory films or scary no, films. No, no. Yeah. This did scare me in places and I can kind of understand why my parents didn't take me to see it at the cinema because I was nine when it came <laughs> out. Wow. And it was a PG-13 or whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, I would, oh. and as a mum, there's definitely a bit, I'm I'm so attached to the kids in this. I'm going, oh my God, the children, no, no, there's just, ah, there's just a whole other thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate the dinosaurs because I was a dinosaur freak. I was massive. Yeah, I love the dinosaurs and everything they did with those animatronics and things. I really appreciate the the, the artistry and stuff that goes into them. Um, the amount of time and work and effort and just and like you said about the rendering of the shots with the T Rex running. I I really appreciate that. I don't know that I go clever. back and watch it for the just for the story and stuff. Yeah. But just as a masterpiece of film work, production, everything like that, it's it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I guess in a, a sense of, you know, the, the, the appeal of the movie is the same appeal you would have in the park. If I was actually go to Jurassic Park as a place, the appeal is is, is, is the sights. Yeah, and so I guess the film—that's how—that's the closest way we get to experience the park by vicariously living through these characters and why are they interested. It's it's the, it's the sights. It's just not. It's not a park I would have gone to. No, me either. I don't think I so. I really like dinosaurs. Ellie. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting very much from this film at all. Like, it's one of those ones that everyone's like, "Oh my god, you've never seen Jurassic Park!" And I'm like, "No, I'm not really bothered by it. Like, the idea doesn't particularly appeal." I loved it. Okay. I really, really liked this film. I was incredibly surprised. I thought you would. Oh, good. I did. I did. Um. So let's just hit the button here and go. In the end game now. Oh, we are in the end game now. Let's talk budget for a minute because uh, although it's gonna be fun to play the, the, the guess of how much does does it make, how much does it get cost? It's gotta be big. God. Okay, a lot. really quick, rapid fire. I don't want this to take seventy eight million. Seventy eight million. Ninety three million. Hundred million. Hundred. Okay. Okay, I'll go hundred. <laughs> You're all high. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Sixty three million. Wow. Whoa. How was, much does it make now? I was the closest. Oh. Three hundred and twenty million. Okay. It's a lot of money. <clears throat> 178. Okay. 250. Uh, Debbie? 350. It makes, you're all low. Wow. You're all, <laughs> you're all mega low. Are you going to say like 700? It makes $1.03 billion. Whoa. It does have one re-release, but it makes like 970 on its first go. That's crazy oh my money. God. At the point it was released, it was the highest grossing film ever. Yeah. It would only be beaten eventually by Titanic. Titanic, yeah, yeah. So Titanic, then Avatar, then Endgame, yeah, right? Yeah. So I don't know if it's still. I don't think it's number four. I think other films have pipped it to be second, third, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, 
It's a pretty good list to be on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Remember how he was told, do this one first and yeah. then do that one? He's not just a director on this. He's a producer. Oh. His take, his personal take is almost more than what half of you guys guessed for the film's uh, gross. Whoa. He makes $250 million off of this. Wow. This remains the largest sum anyone has ever made from a movie. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Wins three Oscars. It wins an Oscar for sound, sound, editing, and visual effects, all of which I think you go understandable. Obviously, yeah. Doesn't win Best Director, doesn't win Best Picture, doesn't win any acting awards. I don't think it's nominated for many acting awards. Nor should it be. No, 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 no. Um, So um, let's just go through the usual sort of stuff here. Let's start with the role of women because it's an interesting sort of discussion. So we'll just popcorn it out to the group. But uh, I'll I'll, I'll let – we have three women on the panel today. I'm going to yield to them at first. Yep. Yeah. Roll a woman. What do you guys think? I think it's good that there is a woman in it, but she's very much taken out of all of the action scenes, isn't she? Bless her. She's in the last one at the end, but that's about it. Um, I'm going to stay here with the Triceratops. Yeah, she's not there for the T-Rex attack. She's there with the Triceratops. She's not there with, with then all of those subsequent events because she's in with the old man doctor. Um, And... Yeah, so she doesn't actually do that much. It's nice that she is there. It's nice that she's not running around in heels like the woman is in Jurassic World. I was going to ask you that very question because she's so much better than the woman in Jurassic World. So much better. Is that that Malin Ackerman? She's dressed more appropriately. That's Malin Ackerman, isn't it? Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, Laura Dern's character looks like she belongs in... Now, granted, I know that that Malin Ackerman's character is just like an executive at the park. I understand that. But still, like, Laura Dern feels like a fit in this environment. I know Malin Ackerman's character is not supposed to be a fit, but she still doesn't fit at the end of it. It just doesn't make sense. No. No. Also, the fact, props to this, it doesn't wave a story down with a romantic storyline. Yes, there's flirting. Yes, there's the start yeah, of a yeah, love yeah. triangle, but they don't follow through on that. The no. story is about the survival. I expected they yeah. would, but it doesn't. Yeah, the, no, I like yeah. a bit of flirting that's not that doesn't have stakes. It's, it's nice. It's and, nice to watch in a film sometimes. And yeah. the idea that, you know, <laughs> she, he does sort of flirt with her, and she kind of goes, oh, she, I think she's kind of like the, nerd, the kind of nerdy girl who's sort of a little bit attractive who's getting a little bit of attention from from the cool guy and she goes oh but that's okay because sometimes there's going to be like this this guy coming out of no you know not you know, she's passive but there are times when someone has to be the flirter and someone at times has to be the flirty i think if they, you will. i think they definitely get together at the end you think so yeah the way she well, jumps the way she jumps well they did well she jumps who uh, no no not goblin because um, she Sam, jumps dr Sam. grant at one point yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, when, when he's like, that's run! Then, and then she too. runs up and like wraps her legs around him. <laughs> yeah. Almost like she's, what's her name, in Love Actually, meeting the Prime Minister. At yeah, Matty uh, Mark. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> like, it's like one of those jumps. You're like, wait, it wait. Is. It makes message. Is it run or is it, or, or is it stay? Which one is it? Yeah. Um, we got George's th- thoughts. Anybody else want to take a, a punt? Uh, Debbie Early? Um, yeah. I, I liked the role of women in this film. I think the fact that she's not just in all of the action sequences is like a add-on is a good thing and she's got a really well-rounded character so she's clearly got a lot of knowledge and in different fields to the men have she has you know she adds to things where other people can't and has some amazing lines <laughs> but um yeah i think i think she's just quite a well-rounded character really okay debbie any thoughts i i thought she was good i mean she was out the reason she was out of situations there was a genuine reason for it um and so that was fine. And when something happened, she was like, yeah, I'm going too. Um, 
and as as a woman who's quite often said no I'm doing this I'm lifting this heavy thing over here and this that and the other and have been told in the past no don't it was like no naff off I'm stronger than you uh, <laughs> there's a bit I thought it was good I thought she she did it well she there was an odd line that was just written in there for the sake of it yeah but that I was my thought, thing yeah yeah there was the odd line but in general yeah she got on with it and the problem is when you've got a dinosaur running at you you're going to be scared if you're a man woman or a beast yeah yeah so, <laughs> I'll give some props to the uh, to to Alex, who you know she is the one who saves the day with the computer. However, briefly it is, if she computed it or not, if the hacking's stupid or not, she is the one. And computers are often seen as a boy's pursuit, and she was actually quite skilled mm-hmm. at it. And for a moment, she saves the day. Yeah, and everybody yeah. has to depend on her. Now, only, the problem is that her victory only lasts about nine seconds, but for what it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll give her that. I quite I quite like that. So yeah, I thought overall decent. Decent. Yeah, it's fine. Especially for 1993. I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it too. Yeah. Uh, favorite character? Anyway, uh, let's go on the table in the usual capacity, Liam. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, everything he was saying and everything he was, um, not his persona as such, but what he was saying is me. Okay. I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be like, are you sure? You always had to choose the one who thinks most like you. I know. You that's because you associate with certain things and ideas. You do. It's, it's, it's one of the, actually, to be fair, it's one of the pleasures that media theorists assume that we get from films is people who back up our personal identity. Yeah. Therefore, we invest and live vicariously through them as sort of an idealized version of ourselves. Not his style, just his thought. Okay. <laughs> Ellie. Uh, same. Ian Malcolm. Okay. I think he's great. He's got some amazing little quips. Yeah. Absolutely. Georgia. Uh, Roberta the T-Rex. <laughs> That's to- totally fine. I, think, I, knew I, think, was gonna go there. I think it has to be a character, absolutely. Yeah, I knew oh, yeah, absolutely. That, her and the raptors at the end, definitely characters. They're yeah. incredibly well puppeted, animated, filmed when they're real. I, I think they're great. Did this movie want me to be a lot more afraid of, it, of the raptors than I ever was? Yeah. I never got like, oh, because it was the T-Rex. It was the only one I really cared about. Well, I cared more about the raptors because they can get in smaller places. Yeah, I, I, I never saw them as a legit threat. <laughs> and they were, they were clever. Oh, I, was I never saw them oh, as a legit see, threat. See, I, I did. You want to know why? Because it's not the one on the poster, is it? That's true. Yeah. Very true. Debbie. Uh, for me, it's the kids. I Okay. I thought... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a giant dinosaur shout at you, what are you going to do? <laughs> shout at you. <laughs> she was shouting, we just don't know. You get back to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. What are you doing out so late? <laughs> get off my fence. <laughs> I think I'll shock you. I'm doing this for your own good. I yell because I care. As a parent, I say those things a lot. Yeah, no, I don't understand I, them yet. But, I assume as, but no, as I thought, a mom of, of, a, of a young child, maybe there is that maternal thing to, keep, to make sure these, these yeah. children are, are safe and okay. There yeah. is. And I, I thought but I thought they were both really good. I mean, the girl was not as good, but the, li- the little boy, I thought he had some lovely moments. He had the show genuine fear. I mean, for kids acting scared of something they've never really seen before. And I bet they've been traumatized by <laughs> making the film. But I really, I thought they were great. And the li- like you said, the little kid had really good comic time. He did. I'm gonna lovely little moment. I'm gonna throw an honorable mention to Joseph Mazzello or whatever his name was who played Tim. I thought he was good. I yeah. really thought he was good, especially when he's that pestery kid who like just knows everything Doctor Grant's ever done. I said that other guy's book was much bigger than yours. <laughs> Which car are you in? The one you're in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but but it's it's Ian Malcolm's film, isn't it? It just is. Yeah. He is. He is sitting over the film, bare chested, looking at the camera, going, <laughs> "Yes, I am ready." I, I'm not even in the last thirty minutes, and you don't even notice because that's how important I am to this film. <laughs> 
He's just a rock star. He is in this. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I maybe I related to him. Maybe it was the name. I don't know. <laughs> I don't maybe. Know. Uh, best moment, best element, best scene, best best maybe that's the best best scene. There's some really iconic scenes in this. What's your favorite? My favorite scene is the bit where the T Rex comes through the fence and it comes down to eye level. Okay. Because that did terrify me as a kid. Because I put myself in their position and I go how would I react with just a sheet of glass between me and a T-Rex? Okay. I'd be crapping it. I'll be honest. Sure. You know? And I thought, that'd be it. And, and that really did. It was one of them Darth Vader moments for me. You know when he's, um, you first see Darth Vader and he's walking through and he's killing people um, with just Force shots. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had that feeling, that same feeling. Uh, and that, you, that's very rare in film that I get that feeling. And that with the dinosaur's eye winking or looking at you is like, no, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ellie? Um, I really liked the bit in the tree. <laughs> um, the, and I mean the kind of the sleepy bit and the the more somber part, not the bit with the jeep in the tree. That was ridiculous. Oh, so the bit where um, like before she where, gets sneezed on. Yeah. 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 Um, Although not not so much that part either, just the bit before it, like before they actually go to sleep, and he's kind of they both fall asleep on him, and it's kind of that paternal figure and kind of the, I suppose his character growth at that point. I just think that's a really nice sweet moment, and it breaks up the film nicely because there's obviously you've got all the fast paced action scary stuff around it. That was just really nice. Oh, and also the bit where the where he tells the jokes is in that scene as well. Okay, uh, Georgia. I like the T-Rex chasing the Jeep. I think that's probably one of my favourite scenes. I it's think a great that's really scene. That's well done. It's so good. That is, things in the mirror seem closer than they appear. That shot yeah. is just... Parodied in Toy so Story, good. of all things, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. And that's, it's, that's a moving and shot. And the reason, the reason I know which way round it is when I look in my mirrors to if things are bigger or smaller than they appear. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> of that shot. So, yeah. And uh, Debbie? Uh, the first time we see the dinosaurs... Oh, okay. Goose pimples. Building the music, the the graphic, yeah, that whole thing. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Beautiful. Uh, I go with my emotions. That, yep. that, that got me. That <laughs> me too. Really did. What am I going to go with, Liam? You. What would you go with? Something clever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not so necessarily big screeny, but clever. All right. So dialogue. So um, probably one of the speeches. No, the props to this. I really did like the scene with Hammond, uh, the sort of ice cream talk, if you will, okay. between Ellie and Hammond. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and props to the ones you guys have talked about because they're all really, really, really good. I'm going to go with a little weird one. I'm going to go with the use of the animated cartoon, Mr. DNA. Oh, I really yeah. like that as a way to explain what could have been really difficult. Yeah, it was very clever. And it was a clever way of getting that information across. And I, if, and you know what? That put me as an equal member of, I'm, you know, I'm just like them. I'm being interested in a park and here's how it's happening. And yeah. I kind of, it was a bit, you know, it was a bit, it was a bit kitsch, but I was like, I liked it. I really. Very appropriate. Uh, yeah. As well. It's a storytelling device. So that was really, really good. Yeah. So there's that. Did we all have one of those videos at school? We, we all had did. to be taught something. Yeah. Yeah. Those oh, for sure. It, it, yeah. it took me back to, to any number of things yeah. where there's like, we'll make learning fun by having this animated thing react to <laughs> assuming, oh, I didn't see you there. That's oh, cool. that's great. Well, it's the kind of thing you'd see in some kind of sex ed lesson at school. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I never had that yeah. at school. 
Yeah, just it's, like little smiley cartoons. It's Mr. Venereal Disease. How am I? I'm coming to get you. I never had videos or anything like that teaching me stuff like that. That was all just taught physically. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I mean, I mean, it was just taught and spoke about. We didn't watch videos. <laughs> um, I mean, elements. I mean, if we talk about I mean, it's got to... It's got to be the visuals, right? I mean, everyone's got to jump on and say, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's the idea that you can the make dinosaurs. dinosaurs appear. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the technology for its age. Like, is- it takes a lot for me to go, John Williams, appreciate it, and your score is one of the all-time best, but you're not even getting a consideration here. It's the fact I can see dinosaurs. That's, because, that's what it was, though, when yeah, it first came out. of course out. it is. That's what drew, drew people's attention. I've heard of John Williams' score before. I ain't never seen a dinosaur on TV. Exactly. That was great. Yeah. Um, so, Grumbles? Um, acting from Richard... Attenborough weren't that great for me. I'll give you that. Um, I've seen him in other things, and he's been so good in other things. And also directing stuff. He, I thought he'd be a bit more better. Yeah. Um, so that's my little grumble. He came out of retirement for this film. Did he? Yeah, so I don't know if he was just oh, kind of... Okay. I want to say past it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Not, not. He may have some ring rust on him. Okay. Yeah. He's forgiven then. But it, for me, it, it just didn't quite gel. Okay. Ellie. Um, so there were a couple of really little things. So firstly, the fact that there's twice in the film where Tim gets almost crushed by falling objects, which just conveniently have a big gap in the middle of them. So you've got the Jeep with the crushed in sunroof and then you've got the um, rib cage of the T-Rex at the end. It really annoyed me that they did the same trope twice. Okay. Because it would have been really, really clever if they just did it at once. But I was just like, I've already seen that today. Um, and then the other thing, if I'm being really picky, I didn't like the toenails of the velociraptors in the kitchen. I thought they were trying to be really clever by showing different parts of it. And that was the only thing in the entire film where any of the dinosaur elements, I was like, mm. right. everything else I thought was really good. You hear that, Steve? If you're listening, <laughs> Ellie gives most of it a pass. Uh, George. <laughs> Um, a little bit of a story element, really. Like, what happened to the bad guy with the, who stole the dinosaur eggs? I know he got eaten, but like, there's no follow up on him at all. He never he, gets like. He found wanted out, it. Like, he wanted it to be much more visceral, and he wished he didn't die off camera. He wanted to be seen being torn apart. And it's like, guy, you can't get a PG thirteen rating no if you way. do that. <laughs> but I hear you. So you wanted some closure on that loop, and some closure on the people that were asking for those embryos as well. Like, yeah. there's nothing. There's nothing happens after that, after he gives him those cans. Like, there's zero follow-up. No so. one even knows. Yeah. No one from, from Hammond's side ever finds out. No. They just know what he was acting rogue. They might figure it, they might deduce it, but they don't know, no, no. Yeah. And the can, I suppose, I didn't like either because I thought it was going to go somewhere. It's a bit of a red herring, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Debbie? I was, honestly, my grumble was going to be Jeff Goldblum. Really? <laughs> Wow! I didn't like his character. Speak no ill. Come on, Debbie, speak your truth. What is it? (laughs) I didn't like his character. I, I really didn't like. I didn't think he's sexy. And he just, I just every time he put in one of those quips, I thought, okay, that's clever, but you're annoying. That's who his character is, though. I know, and I didn't like it. (laughs) That's fair enough. I love Jeff Goldblum. Four again. 
Four, four against one. Debbie, you wouldn't like me at work. Not that I sit around at work with my chest open and sitting around. But, but I think I am the guy who's just like, I can say this, so I will. Okay. You know I like you, Ian. Yeah. My, my other grumble probably was there was just a few little bit of continuity errors here and there. But on a film of this magnitude and scale and production, it was like at one point the the um, the SUV's door was open, then it was shut, and then it was open again. It was just odd little bits. I mean, but... Yeah, there's a few of those. You know what I'm like, yeah. I'm so picky. When, <laughs> when you How does that dinosaur get in the car? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like why, is he, why is he respecting the boundary? Is he waiting for like seatbelts to go on? I don't know. Like, why is there a cliff that just all of a sudden appears? <laughs> and how does Tim get back in the car? When uh, he's, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, mine would be the acting, Goldblum aside, <laughs> who yeah. I think is great in this, I, I think the acting's passable. Yeah. I think the acting's good in this. It's such a big blockbuster. Yeah. Hammond's, like, no one's, I mean, the, the girl, Alex is kind of bad. No one's bad, but I'm like, we read the list of people who, I'm like, I'd much rather have that film. Yeah. I'd much rather have Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in these roles. The chemistry would have been amazing. Can you imagine Sean Connery and yeah. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> both acting kind of, you can keep Laura Dern in, I guess. She wasn't bad. I she was Laura Dern. I, I, thought, I don't think she was great. I, I liked it. Uh, I, liked I thought it. Sam Neill was, was taken away from the dinosaurs. I, I thought Sam Neill was. I, I don't Sam Neill was okay. See, here's the thing. This is a back in a time when the theory was the stars are, is the CGI. You don't really need the big actors to do it. And then somewhere along the way, they go, actually, you kind of need both. Yeah. Like Iron Man does that, right? Like yeah, CGI yeah. is great and all, but you actually have some actors around it. Look, not that Sam Neill's a bad actor. He's not. No. But he's not Harrison Ford. No. He's not, you know, they're he's not, not your A-list actor at the time, is he? I thought a little star power wouldn't have killed this. I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, moment. yeah, we've all seen the same thing as John Williams. We've all seen Harrison Ford movies before. We, we ain't seen dinosaurs. But would, it have been, would it have been a Harrison Ford vehicle, though, rather than a dinosaur movie? Well, the Jeep would have been a Harrison Ford vehicle because it would have been it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. No, fair enough. Sometimes Ford, it works better having not so big a stars no you're right you're right you're right uh we're we're kind of running a little bit long here um to say the least um best role ever uh i think most people's involved in it not um richard ambers (laughs) no way uh goldblum i think so i think probably yeah yeah yeah, i do i really like him in thor ragnarok though (laughs) it's a much different part we're talking it's almost a cameo in thor ragnarok yeah i like him in independence day he is good in independence day that is an interesting now he's much more he's he's more of a lead in Independence Day than he is in this. He is, but I like him in yeah. this more. I need to see Independence Day again. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna table mine. I'm oh. gonna say I'll come back to it. It's interesting. I slightly like him better in this. Okay. I prefer Independence Day as a movie. Oh over Jurassic Park. I'm I don't know. I think, dinosaur guy, I think I prefer Jurassic Park. I'm not no. saying something. Okay. No. Um so that just takes us to um well, here we go. I never wanna hurt my age. What's my age again? And as always, thank you to Moonlight Social for letting yeah, us use your you. little uh, rendition. Of I love that. it. It is nice. It is. So, Ellie, uh, what do we got for age game today? Oh, we're going to start off with Sam Neill. So, Alan, thirty-eight. Oh, I was going to say thirty-eight. I'll say thirty-nine then. Okay. He's the professor guy with the red handkerchief around his neck. Yep. Yeah. Um, thirty-six. Actually, written down thirty-eight. So I'm sticking with thirty-eight. He's you're all low. He's forty six. Wow. Yeah. He looked good for forty six. Hmm. He did, yeah. Um. And Laura Dern, who plays Ellie. I've seen her and stuff. I'm trying to do the math now. Um. Thirty four. Thirty five. Thirty. 
Yeah, she looks really old in this, but she's only 26. Wow! Yeah. You mentioned, Liam, that the more the movie went along and the dirtier she gets... Yeah. Kind of the the more attractive she looked. I don't think I, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the idea that she became kind of she's very professional at the start. And yeah, I think yeah, as she yeah. goes, as she goes, whatever. Not that she's like this. Not that this is weird thing about someone being in, in disarray. But I think I think you're right. I think she's a little more attractive as her hair started to get a little bit more natural and yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the case might be. Yeah. But man, there's 20 years between them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. One of all that. No. Okay. Next. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Oh. Ian Malcolm. <sighs> 42. Nah, 47. 36. Mm, 38. Debbie's very close. He's 41. Oh, nice. He looks good for for his age these days. He does, doesn't he? He's still keeping busy. He's doing like piano albums. Mm -hmm. He does. Yeah, jazz piano. He does. Good on him. So, Richard Attenborough? (sighs) 76. I was going to go 77, so I'll stay with that. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say 76. So is, Deb, that is Debbie low. have 76 as well? 76. Oh, so two seventy sixes, two seventy sevens. 70. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. Oh, I, was, I wasn't too off with 66 nope. then. No. No. Nope. Um, Tim. Oh, I think I know this. I'm going to bow out. Uh, 14. 12. Debbie, it's a podcast, not a video. <laughs> ten. <laughs> he is ten, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I knew that. So obviously he'd have been um, way too young for a hook. He would have been like seven. Oh yeah, of course. I forgot about that. Yeah. I always thought they just yeah. cast him older. No, no, no. For younger, yeah. Yeah. And finally Lex. Mm. Fourteen. Fourteen. Thirteen. <laughs> Fifteen. She's fourteen. Probably, probably thirteen. So much better. Better at guessing the kids' ages than the adults. Of course, what's your range of outcomes going to be for a kid? I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Tim's twenty-one. Don't <laughs> 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 do that. All yeah, right. but people, more people got it exactly right for the kids. Uh, I, Georgia, because there's a smaller scale. <laughs> yeah. All right, speaking of small scale, hopefully it's a small scale of critics you've selected today. What do you got for it the is, critics? Yeah, so we've got uh, Caroline. West- book from empire who gives it five out of five says cliche or no there's no getting around it quite simply one of the greatest blockbusters of all time uh randy white from common sense media gives it four out of five and said this film boasts academy award-winning special effects lots of frightful moments and some good laughs and then finally our good friend roger ebert says because the movie delivers on the bottom line i'm giving it three stars you want great dinosaurs you get great dinosaurs spielberg enlivens the action with lots of nice little touches i especially like the sequence where a smaller creature leaps suicidally onto a larger one and they battle to the death on the monster movie level the movie works and it is entertaining but with its profiligate profiligate yeah profiligate profiligate i was right the first time resources it could have been so much more yeah yeah i'm not yeah, I think I think Eves and I are reading this, from the same song sheet there. Yeah, I don't check his stuff. It just makes me convinced I'm smart every time I hear it. I'm like, all right, Eves, back me up some more. Uh, you so want to? You want a big ego? Read the whole review because he's basically said uh, what you've said throughout the whole thing. Wow, I'll do that. So um, let's talk about some of our critics. So Paul and Griff, hear that? Paul and Griff, you're first. Yeah, first. <laughs> the blockbuster of all blockbusters. A film made for the big screen experience. The power of animatronics rather than special effects makes this a true masterpiece. Jurassic Park is a film you can enjoy again and again. Hater of Heath Ledger, Lestat, said, this is the hey. first movie I ever saw in a cinema. That's not, we talked about your first American football game was the Super Bowl when the Patriots came back. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as far as a first film experience, 
games goes. Mine was three men and a baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is better. Finding Nemo. There we go. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's good, yeah. When the T-Rex did its roar with the banner falling, I fell under the chair. Definitely fell. Absolutely did not hide crying. Thank you, Lestat. It's a musical podcast. I said, there's not much more to say than what Paul and Griff did. Have you ever noticed the one moment you view the world from a dinosaur's perspective is when the raptor is chasing Tim in the kitchen? Usually you root for humans, but in that moment, who do you want to win? Oh, you want you want Tim to win, Lestat. That's, I mean, it's a musical. That's the answer there. Yeah. It, it, they do that so it unnerves you, not so you start rooting for the dinosaur. <laughs> uh, even the score podcast, Jurassic Park is beyond a masterpiece. To skew to the music, it was the first CD I ever owned. It inspired my love of scores. Yeah, and we said that. It's an all-time great score. Yeah, good score. The movie still holds up and should be used as an example of brilliant pairing of story and CGI. Fully agree. Carlo, low, 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 low. This is a great film. Saw this in theaters back in the day, and the dinosaur reveal was as magical and impressive as you would expect. Memorable characters, great action set pieces, and lots of thrills. It's a lot of fun and endlessly rewatchable. All things unexplained, who are now going to explain something. I uh, have come up with a theory for Jurassic Park 2021. Okay. A group of political scientists claim COVID could re-extinct the dinosaurs and we must quarantine them for six months to save them. While flying to tour the park in their private jet, it crashes into the Jurassic wilderness. The group is quickly devoured by dinosaurs. Even the herbivores join in and stomp them into a salient green-esque smoothie before gulping <laughs> them down. You know what? It makes more sense than that Batman movie that Georgia and, the, does, yeah. <laughs> and her Australian podcast. Our friends came up with today. Uh, Andrew Shevsky says it uses a spectacular score by John Williams and superb acting by Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dern. I think your bar is a little yeah, low there, sir. Just a little bit. To give what would be a spectacular sci-fi adventure a family touch to appeal to all ages. The Love Lip Podcast, some of the best quotes in this movie. Nature finds a way. Agreed. Does, yeah. Russell, Russell, our resident postie here. Hey, Russell. Our penultimate. Hey. Says, rewatched it a couple, to- a couple months ago and found it just as thrilling as it was the first time I saw it in the cinema. I was also amazed at a scene. CGI looks astonishing still, especially the first T-Rex attack. Fully agree. Mm-hmm. Anything with the T-Rex with the Jeeps and stuff, fantastic. Brilliant. And Ethan, friend of the podcast. Who's he? Who's he? <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> said, what a fantastic movie and feat of special effects magic. I've seen this countless times and I'm still in awe of by how well it's pulled off. Plus, having New Zealand's own Sam Neill is Yay. an added bonus. And very often, Ethan's an added bonus. So thank you, he Ethan. Is. But do me a favor. Do not send me your review 30 minutes before you know I record. Get it to me sooner <laughs> than this. You absolute jerk <laughs> i will swear when i see you in person <laughs> i need more than 30 i'm like i'm printing the sheets off i'm like ethan all right so um just legacy i mean this movie alone um helped build up interest in paleontology courses at universities and stuff like that yeah. uh, it was the first movie ever to be dubbed into hindi really and toronto's basketball team with toronto raptors Named shortly after this film came out, so you can see the uh, you can see I the see. talent prints, if you yeah. will. That is the are we still the reigning champions? No, it's been a year since. So almost the reigning champion, Toronto Raptors. Cool. It was it was everywhere. You couldn't. I wanted yeah, to be like yeah. the Mounties, but it was like not Raptors because Raptors are cool because it's Jurassic Park. Probably part of the reason why I was like I don't really want to watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> so uh, time for our ratings, please. Time for our ratings, Liam. This is a tricky. I'm really struggling with this myself. What are you giving Jurassic Park? Okay, um, as you know, I'm not a big dinosaur fan. I can appreciate it for what it is. The acting's not that great. Um, I do like Jeff Goldblum, uh, so I'm going to give it a strong. Seven and a half eaten raptors. Wow, seven and a half? Yeah. Wow. I was toying with an eight. Okay. But a seven and a half for me because it didn't really enrapture me. <laughs> in, 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 in raptor film. you? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I've never been a dinosaur lover. I'm sorry. Okay. But I appreciate the, the visual effects and everything else, but and the score, amazing. But. Ellie. Well, I've never been a dinosaur lover either, but I really loved this film, so I'm going to give it a very strong nine. Nine! Mm, nice. I wasn't sure if you were going to throw out your ten flag that you throw out to one in four movies. Uh, <laughs> Georgia. Um, I think that this film is incredible for so many reasons. I also think it could have done a lot better in so many different places as well. Um, but I can't get past the animatronics and the CGI. They are incredible and the score. So I'm going with uh, eight and a half severed limbs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Debbie. Uh I wrote down a figure earlier and I was wondering if it had wavered during the conversation, but it hasn't, so I'm, I'm giving it an eight. Okay. Um, I was a lover of dinosaurs. I still am, especially now I've got a little boy. We like playing dinosaurs. I came down after watching the film and I said to him, I said, what noise do dinosaurs make him in? And we played dinosaurs <laughs> for 20 minutes. So. Cool. Um, but I, I wouldn't show him the film. No. <laughs> but there's definitely... Good. Parenting points for you. <laughs> I really struggle with what to do with this film. It's, it's an important film. It is an important. Uh, Georgia made a reference. I feel like I should pay it off at some point. Uh, last week when she went, don't you teach your students something about this film using the songs? And I do. Because <laughs> my students could remember for the life of them what decade CGI hits like massively in the mainstream. Because yeah. it starts on like Westworld in the 70s. Yeah. Um, the big thing is it's Jurassic Park in the 90s. So I actually had them because we kept getting it wrong. So I kept teaching them, it's the 90s, <laughs> yo. It's the 90s, <laughs> bro. CGI was in the 90s. And there's a second part, but you, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And from that day, they never get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I recognize the importance of this film and certain the story's fine the story's excellent even you know where you're gonna go how you're gonna finish yeah. it okay great it's a survival movie at the end of the day fantastic lots of great set pieces yeah not much acting not much dialogue no all the dialogue of importance comes from ian goldblum and it's jokes but it's also that great line ian he gets. goldblum oh jeff goldblum it, it, it's just it's, it's these great lines he gets about you know um life found a way and also the idea about just because you could you're so happy to think if you could you never thought yeah, if you should so deep and um but he's the only one who gets these sorts of things like yeah. even even hammond doesn't do a good job being the counterpoint to that no so i really struggled but I'm going to go ahead and go, it's such an important film, and what they did was so revolutionary. I can't ignore that side of it. So I am going with eight and a half clever girls <laughs> out of ten. So that's really kind of where that sits. That's so, unusual for me to be so low. You are a low man on the totem pole yeah. this time. And I'm not the most generous. Ellie's more generous than I. Um, it's, I, went, I was going all the way from seven and a half and eight to like nine and nine and a half at various points. And I was like, where do I reconcile this? I don't know. I, I had the debate of eight and a half to seven and a half yeah i, I then decided three quarters way through the movie it's going to be an eight okay um but it never really got me back in the day i understand the importance of it and it's never really got me now okay i enjoyed the movie but i, I don't see the fascination with what everybody else sees okay so i'll go for a seven and a half so i mean that's what we thought let us know what you thought how do you, what would you have given it out of 10 uh let us know on our socials that's at best film ever pod on twitter instagram or the facebook page um also catch whatever we got going on plus now's the time to reveal what are we doing yeah. next week exciting the four options were to remind everybody liam said serendipity, serendipity. 
Uh, Georgia said about time. Ellie said 10 things I hate about you. I said four weddings and a funeral. And then I was an absolute Muppet and put down the poll for one day rather than seven. <laughs> and so I had to do a second poll and add them together. Out of curiosity, Debbie, did you vote on this one? Both times, yes. And what did you vote for out of curiosity? Four weddings. Four weddings and a funeral. So in fourth place... Actually, I haven't an account yet, so it really doesn't matter. In fourth slash third, because they're about the same as far as like interest, were about time and serendipity. Oh, oh. I don't think I don't think either of them have the name value. No, I don't. probably not. Serendipity is a lovely. I really like movie. about time. There was one that came out to a staunch of a lead, and then it was close enough. I was like, well, maybe if we run it again. And the answer is the winner is. 10 things I hate about Yay. you is what we're watching. I would argue to my absolute dying breath, that is a teen comedy and not a rom-com, hey, but I love this we movie. will talk about that. So Foreign's Funeral did well. Uh, there were people who went, why did you choose that? I mean, we got one pick each. It's yeah, as simple as that. Exactly. We got one yeah. pick each. There's a bunch I wish I could have chosen. If I had to pick between the four, I'd have picked 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. I love this movie. Then why You were the first pick. Why didn't you go with that? I was going to, but I thought you was going to pick it. So oh, no, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I could have had a list of, well, as you'll find out, I could have had a list of 10 and I wouldn't yeah. have picked it. So yeah. oh, okay. there we go. So uh, that'll be that. Lots of good stuff coming up on the pod. Uh, very, very busy for us. Come check out what we got going on, uh, either between the Valentine's drop, uh, the and we all, we're doing Wally as a crossover. Wally. So you'll be getting our next actual talk in the uh, best film ever full review is actually Wally, which yeah. will be dropping on, I don't know. Thursday or something like that, or is it, or is it the other one first and then Wally? I don't oh, the know. The other one first and then Wally. Maybe said the one first and then Wally mm. following. I don't remember. Yeah, because remember the Titans isn't until yeah, yeah yeah. So yeah. it'll be so it'll be Valentine's. Oh, we got Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, the roundtable, yeah. the rom com roundtable. Yeah. February sixteenth, ten things I hate about you. Woo! February twentieth or nineteenth or something. I don't know. Wally, and then we'll find out what we're doing after that at some point. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Uh, good job. We're in a lockdown. We are busy. <laughs> Yeah. Subscribe and you'll get a more automatic. Subscribe. It's all Subscribe. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Dwayne Smith says, so much content. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Yeah, exactly. So, for, uh, we want to, before we do that, a massive thank you to Debbie for joining us thank here you, on this marathon of Jurassic Park. Two yeah. and a half y- y- hours in the making. <laughs> 52 episodes <laughs> and two and a half hours in the making. Hey, thank you so much. It's been nice. Um, the end of a period of isolation for us. It's been nice to have something to focus on. It's been great to, to chat with you guys again. Um, so I'm quite glad I get to hear this one before everyone else. But there I now go. want to hear everything else that you're going to do. Well, we are, we, and, we, <laughs> we, and we do have a lot. So <laughs> that'll, do, be, yeah. that'll be great. Yeah, I don't know how, so how am I going to edit all this? I don't know. But we'll, Best of luck. We'll get, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> that time machine. <laughs> Here we go. So, for best film ever, uh, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. I've been Debbie. And I've been Georgia. And how are we going to record, edit, and release all these things in the next couple of weeks? I have no idea, but much like life, we'll find a way. We will find a way. <laughs> we'll see you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. Go Brady! Go Brady! Four best film ever. Uh, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. I've been Georgia. <laughs> <laughs>